This episode is brought to you by Challengers Comics and Conversation. Go to challengerscomics.com and start the conversation now. Daniel's Law LLC in Georgia. Visit dlawllc.com. Kerberos Productions. The minds behind the games enter the pit and kaiju a go-go. Search for Kerberos, K-E-R-B-E-R-O-S, on Steam, or go to kerberos-productions.com to check out their growing catalog of titles. Hello, hello, one and all, and welcome to the week of June 6th, 2016. Oh my god, 666. This episode is cursed, but hey, no, it's not a cursed episode. It's actually a double-stuffed, super, super, extra awesome episode, because we've got news in the top hour, then we've got a great interview with the folks at Barbecue Films coming up. Also, you're not going to want to miss, we've got a contest to announce, so stick around. This is going to be a fun one. Still playing with toys.net presents the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, the biggest podcast since 1909. So great. News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters. Are you the key man? Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. Are you are you ready for a double stuffed episode? Now I want Oreos. Thanks. I thought. Oh, I thought Thanks you were doing. I thought you were doing a didgeridoo there. Like you were. You were reaching out to our Australian audiences there with something vaguely racist. <laughs> like, are I'm you, tr- what is happening? Okay. I'm trying to. Yeah, I'm trying to become one of those Tibetan, you know, Tuvan <laughs> throat singers, but I can only do one tone. So That's, it's yeah, you know, not as impressive. You know, fine. He's a bass. He's a bass. Hey. Hey. Oh, that just makes uh, me cough. Oh no. Oh, oh no. no. Well, hey, uh, for people that are jumping onto the podcast, I thought we should reintroduce ourselves. Even though uh, our, our lovely narrator says that this is Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart, uh, people people may not be familiar with us uh, at this point in time. You may be jumping on late in the game. You may be catching up. At any rate, welcome to the podcast. We're so glad to have you guys. My name is Troy Benjamin. With me from Vancouver is my faithful, amazing co-host of Proton Charging, Chris Stewart. I was, I was going to quote the Stones. Pleased to meet you. Won't you guess my name? But you <laughs> uh, ruined it. I ruined it. I ruined it. Thanks. Uh, but that's also a song about the devil, man, isn't it? Your sympathy for the devil. Yeah. Oh boy. You're, depends. You're, it depends on who you're talking to on social media. So <laughs> you really are. You really are. Uh, public enemy number one or our friend? Uh, you be the judge. I, I wouldn't go so far as public enemy number one, disgruntled handful enemy number one. But anyways, uh, whipping boy maybe possibly. Yeah. No. Exactly. No. No, I refuse whipping boy. Whipping boy denotes some sort of acceptance. Oh, okay. All right. There is not no accepting. acceptance on this end. I do not accept it. <laughs> he does not accept it. And but take nor your, should take you. Your, take your whips. Return to sender. I do not accept them. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I've seen a lot of people. Um, really just pouring their hearts out uh, now that we've hit a bit of a fervor in terms of the the news coverage the uh notice that all of the ghostbusters uh, property pl- even the new movie yes of course that's what's causing it but you know every time something pops up it's it's getting a lot of of ink and oh yeah so so a lot of people now are, are publishing these manifestos myself included at three o'clock in the morning onto proton charging uh just like <laughs> Look, I'm having a good time. Will you quit trying to harsh my buzz? Like, this is fun. Just leave me the hell alone. I'm trying to drink an ecto-cooler. Would you stop running up and slapping it out of my hands? Yeah, exactly. Stop kicking the can out of my hands. It's kind of ridiculous. And uh, so I've really noticed some people have hit their breaking point. Uh, 
Especially, I, I saw Abigail Gardner of the Yes Have Some podcast. She posted yes. one uh, earlier this week with, you know, just she's posting pictures up on her Instagram because she's she's excited and and rightfully so. You know, she's having a great time. And then, of course, some dude who she doesn't know has to chime in and and you know bring her down and like you know what it's if if it's somebody that you know it's one thing and you want to have a conversation that's great. But if it's a public person and you're reaching out to him, yeah, she had a good reason to break and say. I don't have to take this from you. Who are you? Uh, so, and but I mean, as as we're gonna get into in the news here in a second, Chris, there is so many. Yeah. It's there's there's so many cool things happening right now. As I hear each and every one of them, I have a smile on my face. Some of them I don't have a smile on my face, and we're gonna get into that because we're we have finally a good point counterpoint here. But but how could you not find joy in at least one of these things, or at least two of these things? There's just so many things happening that. It really sucks if you're being negative. <laughs> there was somebody on the, the Facebook that posted, they were angry at somebody who was uh, basically going on about, I'm looking forward to the movie. I'm, in, I'm, I'm, looking, I'm, I'm happy that it's coming and I want to go see it. And this guy's like, you're one of those people that keep uh, forcing uh, optimism on us. And I was like, yeah, those assholes. Yeah. God, For- I hate forcing them. Forcing optimism. Uh, puking rainbows and farting sunshine like Like, come on I was like stop for a second and read back what you wrote you literally (laughs) chewed somebody out for being happy about something oh god unbelievable unbelievable well to to steal from Dennis Leary, it's like whew, the next couple month, next month and a half is going to be rough get a helmet like holy cow (laughs) it really is if you're this mad at optimism but here, here's the deal, guys. This is a safe zone. You don't need a helmet for this because genuinely there is a lot of really cool stuff that's coming up here that we're going to talk about. We also we have an exclusive interview with the Barbecue Films people, which I'm excited about to present to you because this has been long in the works. These guys have been working really hard on on this really cool event out in, in Brooklyn, and I'm glad that they were able to sit and dissect it with me. So we've got that coming up after a little bit of news. Uh, there's a lot to get into, so let's, let's do it. You want to do it, Chris? Let's just go. I got third base Brooklyn Queen stuck in my head now. <laughs> well, you're going to get another song stuck in your head. Here bop, it comes. Bop, bop. Egon, Peter, I have some news from the world of Gozer. Yeah, well, here's your next month's cover of GQ. Check out the aura on this sucker. Yes, that was a little different uh, this time around. I decided to, to throw in uh, this new track that we just got because... It's a new track for Ghostbusters. I had to, I had to put a little, a little something new in here. We'll go uh-huh. back to the uh-huh. original news intro, but uh-huh. guys, soundtrack, it's coming. That was L. King's Good Girls, which all of you probably have now. Uh, I would hope because by this point, it's available on all of the digital providers: iTunes, Spotify, uh, AOL. I don't. Who else has a digital Zune? Who else is a digital provider besides iTunes and Spotify at this point? Pandora. I don't know. Go to Amazon or iTunes. It's 99 cents. Oh, Amazon. Yes, Amazon. Yes, absolutely. Buy it. Buy it. it. But hey, soundtrack news. We've been waiting for this a really long time, and we finally have it. Uh, Yes, we knew that uh, Theodore Shapiro, his his score album coming on the 15th, but hey, the soundtrack album is coming on the 15th as well. And and there's a good chance that you've already heard all of this news because it's huge, and it happened... uh, you know, uh, late last week, but uh, for those of you who have not heard, soundtrack album drops on July 15th. There's a lot of huge artists. There's a lot of big hitters on this album. 
Uh, yes, the L King Good Girls track was made available immediately after the, the announcement was made, but I mean, we're talking music from. Uh, let's see, I'm, I'm pulling it up here. We've got G Easy featuring Jeremiah, Five Seconds of Summer, Pentatonics, Walk the Moon, Fallout Boy featuring Missy Elliott, Wolf Alice, and a lot more. They're going to announce the full track listing soon, so I would imagine once I the know, pre-order goes up, it's going to be there. Yeah, I know three of them. I know. I'm, I, I'm old and a dad, though. So, well, four if you count L King. I well, actually am an L King. Yeah. Fan. So here's here. I was not familiar with L King before this, but uh, you you kind of informed me off off uh, recording a little bit about her. But uh, for those who are not familiar with her, what what would they know her from? Uh, she's all over the radio. I think her big one is uh, X's and O's. Uh, that's that's the one that I immediately when I, I searched her name that's the one that immediately that's the came one that up. Will that's pop her up. big single. If you're yeah. on iTunes, that's the one where the little bar is full, the ratings <laughs> bar is full, because uh, that's the one everybody knows. Constant airplay. I mean, it's all regional. Um, I'm sure it's different, all different places. Uh, but here, she's on all the time on the radio. Um, I think the song may be a couple years old now, but uh, uh, yeah, she came out swinging. I think when I was talking to you about her, she's I was describing her as a uh, kind of a modern Bessie Smith. Yes, yeah. Uh, Bessie Smith used to sing all these very uh, uh, raunchy songs about her man, and there was a lot of euphemism use. Uh, <laughs> some friends introduced me to her, and let's just let's just say the subtext was very text, um, and they're they're great songs. And L King is kind of like the modern. Uh, you know, a popular radio, terrestrial radio version of that. Like you listen to the song, and you're kind of like, "Is she allowed to say that on the radio?" <laughs> uh, and actually, I recommend people go download X's and O's. It is a really uh, great song. But uh, yeah, it makes perfect sense then that uh, after all this, um, after X's and O's, like I said, if you've heard it and you kind of get the gist of what it's all about. Uh, yeah, it makes perfect sense that they'd ask her to be the, uh, the Bobby Brown, the Bobby with an eye Brown of, of <laughs> yeah. the new movie. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Bess- Bessie Smith, who I'm looking up now known for take me for a buggy ride and give me a pig foot and a bottle of beer. Uh, okay. All right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> take me for a buggy ride is code. <laughs> no, Not she just very needs a ride home. secrets to- <laughs> It's like Uber, but in the swing era, right? I think that's what that means. Sure. Take me for a buggy ride. Get this to our code breakers. Ding. Yeah, we figured it out. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. What is uh, it? Holy <laughs> crap. I, oh, my God. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Actually, that's the other thing. Go find Bessie Smith, too. So if, you, if you're not familiar with her, you should listen to yeah, Bessie exactly. Smith. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Dan Aykroyd would be disappointed in you. She's huge in the in the blues scene. Oh, but, uh, yeah. Dan knows who she is. Dan, um, and I'm sure Dan knows who all of these people are, despite us not knowing who they are either, knowing yeah, what a big well, music is. Well, actually, that's how they started, is. right? Uh, I know, I'm not familiar with their work, but I've heard the name Fallout Boy. Uh, and Missy Elliott. Yeah, Missy Elliott. I'm totally down with Missy Elliott. Uh, five seconds of summer. They usually nope. the, uh, well, yeah, they're, they're kind of poppy. And same thing with uh, Pentatonix. You know, I know they, Pentatonix. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say Pentatonix is huge. Uh, what's funny is they don't really specifically call out what songs these people are doing. So I don't know. Maybe one of these guys has done a, a remix of the theme song. Maybe. Uh, you know, it's it's a huge soundtrack album, which, again, I would be disappointed if a Ghostbusters movie came out and didn't have a huge 
heavy hitter uh, soundtrack album with all of the people of its time uh, included in it. So, God, this this could not be better news uh, to me. So, um, but I mean, this is this is again, this is just the start. We keep saying this is just the start. We are already in the thick, man. We're in the weeds here because. <laughs> So all of this stuff happened really late last week. We've also gotten word that, uh, you know, June 8th, which we've alluded to before as the the anniversary of the film, uh, it sounds like they're really building a huge day around this, almost like yeah. a, a, a global, uh, not even like National Ghostbusters Day. You know how we have all of those fake sort of like, may the fourth be with you, which it's great marketing. It works really well and it ends up helping trend things on, on social media, but June 8th is really shaping out. There's a lot of stuff happening on June 8th. Like let's, let's go down it. Cause we're going to do the fathom events, uh, recap after that happens. I'm really excited about that. Tickets are still available for those of you who are listening and, and have one in your area. You can go, you know, check out that fathom screening of the original film. They're going to show, uh, 10 minutes of the new movie or something like that. I think that's where I read that they're going to do a minutes. sneak preview. So it's like 10 minutes of the movie or something cool. Um, it's a fathom events thing. So there's probably live something or other that's going to happen, which we've alluded to is my guess. Um, so, so that's huge. Let's see what else is happening on June 8th. Uh, boy, um, let me, let me look through my notes here. Well, there's, there's something, there's this, uh, there's this Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel. Am I saying it right? I'm really bad at names, Chris. I think it's Kimmel. Kimmel. No, I think he's some French. Kimmel. Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, d- James are, Kimmel. For the record, there are French names uh, for the cyclotron that we're going to discuss with uh, Ghostbusters International, and I'm going to lean on all of the Canadians. I want you guys to know that. But anyway, so <laughs> so Jimmy Kimmel. Fine. He's got he's got something special happening uh, later this week, and it's it's very exciting. It's reuniting. Uh, much like the Entertainment Weekly article did, uh, reuniting the original cast, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, and 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 Ernie Hudson, hopefully somebody there on on Harold Ramis's behalf, with the new cast, Leslie Jones, Kate McKinnon, uh, Kristen Wiig, and Melissa McCarthy, and it's it's going to be a huge show. Um, and that I mean, I wish that we actually held this episode so that we could talk about this because it's going to be something that everybody's going to be buzzing about. And yeah, we're going to be talking gonna, about it much later. <laughs> yeah, that's that's going to be the water cooler the day after. Definitely. Yeah, everybody's going to be talking about this. So so that's huge. This is going to be happening on on this this global Ghostbusters Day, um, and we've gotten word that there's going to be a whole lot more happening on Wednesday. There's going to be announcements, and there's going to be uh, the really just this. It it makes a lot of sense. Here's the anniversary of the the film, yeah. leading up to the release of a new film it's a good yeah. way for them to be pushing this out and for, for people to be getting the word out. And, and chances are like, if you're an NBA fan and you've been watching the finals, you saw the, the amount of exposure that ghostbusters is getting right now down to like NBA people showing up. Was it Kobe Bryant? It was somebody who showed up in a jumpsuit. Like they, they're really, <laughs> they're, they're, they're holding back on nothing. Is it Kobe Bryant. I will. I don't follow. Ba- I'm a hockey guy. I don't follow basketball, and I live in the town where the Lakers play. <laughs> Go team. Go sports. Make Hooper those balls. goals. Yes. <laughs> I think they have to make the goals. <laughs> they have to give it a hundred and ten percent. No, they I have to teams. Uh, Something like that. Anyway, but but that's a big score. 
because yeah. who who well I I mean you're the exception to the rule, but a lot of people uh, are are glued to yeah. Everybody's watching the finals and it's, I mean, even so on Friday, Reitman uh, did that. There was a live screening at the LA film festival where Elvis Mitchell did a Q and a, unfortunately we didn't have microphones there. Uh, so I, I'm sorry. I failed. No, no, guys, that, that was but, in general. Not, not, not at you. Uh, oh, all right. Well I tried, I tried. It would be, yeah, it'd be nice. Well, I mean, but this is the thing, right? Like, um, uh, 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 yeah, Reitman is popping up kind of all over the place as we get closer and closer to the movie. More interviews, more uh, there's the Q and A, um, and that's the free outdoor one, right? Yeah, that was the free outdoor screening that right. was in in downtown LA. But I'm I'm sure again this is this is the beginning of the press blitz, and especially with June eighth, yeah. I'm sure there's going to be radio interviews and all sorts of stuff that's going to be happening. It, it's you know, just the beginning of what they're going to have to do. I'm not sure how many listeners actually live in the LA area, but if they made it, you know, kind of drop us a line or tweet at us or, or, you know, call in the line or something, because that wasn't just a free outdoor screening. Cause like you say, they, they got in Reitman who was then going to Q and a it and they, they brought the new Ecto. They too. brought the car in. Yeah. I mean, it was another big to do. So yeah, yeah. If, if you guys were out there and, and we haven't heard at this point in time, please tweet to us or, or call into the voicemail. Let us know what was said there. Hopefully some of the Southern California Ghostbusters guys were there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, again, these events are, are going to be popping up all over the place. So, so stay tuned. Uh, what else? Ecto cooler guys, Ecto cooler is out there. It's in the open <laughs> surprisingly. Okay. Here's what surprises me about Ecto cooler. Chris is the cans are easier to come by down here in the States than the boxes where I thought it was going to be the opposite. I thought everybody's going to get their hands on the boxes and the cans <laughs> are going to be like gold. Everybody's going to want those cans. And that's saying something because even the cans are going fast. It's easy because you know where to find them. You go to Amazon prime and there they are. Yeah, and they've been they've been stocking them in bursts. We found out, so they'll put a well, few up in a few hours, and then they'll they'll sell those out, and then they'll put uh, them back up for a little bit, and then they'll sell those out. Here's the thing, and somebody pointed this out, and I haven't been able to confirm, but Prime works on a uh, a, a scattered distribution thing. This whole mm. idea of building a pantry box or ordering, you know, the specialty items from uh, Amazon Prime. They're not shipping them out of like one central location. Yeah, like, they're they're think coming about from it. like grocery store distribution places, right? Is they're, that they're 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 they have their distribution centers like several of them all over the states, which means that somebody pointed out that what you're seeing is not them putting them up in bursts, but rather people coming on and seeing it's out of stock. Oh. Because it goes, oh, in your area, you got nothing. And other people come in and going, I just got some. Hooray. So it's not clear how much of it is actual restocking and how much of it is people being in different parts around the country. Yeah. Okay. That makes um, it because I, yeah. I hopped on Wednesday morning uh, last week. And at eight o'clock in the morning, they were they were in stock, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And I ordered up two cases, and I got one for me and one for a friend. And and then, but other people were saying, "Oh, it's still sold out. This is another Pepsi Perfect. I can't believe it." I'm like, "I, I just got two of them, and it's yeah. Wednesday. I missed I missed Monday completely." Yeah, exactly. So that so, seems to be what it is. Depending on where you're at, it's geographically going. Yeah. No, you're SOL, which is kind of a shame. 
Um, well, I mean, and the good news too is it seems like all of the other retailers. Of I know a few of the guys here in Southern California and I we hit up the local chains because here's here's the other weird thing is when Ecto Cooler put their website up that had all of the brick and mortar retailers, they were all Midwestern and East Coast grocery stores. I, not one of them did I recognize because I'm a ignorant West Coaster. I was like, yeah. shoppers, that's not a real thing, is it? Uh, HEB, I don't know what that is. We don't well, have those. We have we have Ralph's, we have Kroger, we have Vaughn's, we have all of our own that's things. confusing because we have shoppers here in Canada, so... Well, um, but and but why wouldn't shoppers in Canada get it either? I mean that that makes no sense to me either. If shoppers no, is a carrier, Canada's not getting anything. Well, because we're I in a know. different country, Troy. There's a border. Nah, that's that, that border's fake. At least until <laughs> President Trump puts a wall over it or something. But we ain't paying for it. Um, no, hell no. Uh, well, the yeah, somebody else got their hands on it, and they're in Texas, and they ordered online directly from. From uh, H-E-B. Yeah. Yeah, I know the a few people that got from H-E-B. <laughs> well, A, I was surprised. <laughs> I don't know what I was more surprised at, that they managed to get their hands on it, or that grocery stores in the States let you buy online. I'm fine with electronic stores and even drug stores and hardware stores. <laughs> but Having a website that you can go to. I'm a little baffled by the, you know what I need? I need some booberry. <laughs> I'm just going to go online. Uh, um, I mean, yeah, here, here in LA, you can buy your groceries through Amazon. You can buy them through Ralph's. They deliver them to you. It's, it's, we're lazy. I basically, that's what it equates to is we're just really lazy. By the way, I demand applause for pulling out the thematically consistent booberry. Booberry. As an yes. example. Yes. So. Booberry. It all comes back to booberry. Booberry. Hey, <clears throat> take, take note of that people. If you want recurring themes on this uh, podcast that you might want to make a meme of booberry, possibly. Hey. Yeah. Find that out anyway. So, uh, so yeah. At any rate, so Ecto Cooler, it's out there. If you have not been able to get your hands on it, and you're here in the states, uh, go to your local grocery store, go to the 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 clerk at the the counter up front, and you can actually put in special orders because they will order it from Coke and they will get it to you. So if you want those boxes, they yeah. will actually get it to you. There's there's ways of getting it. So that's the good news. People keep saying it's a Pepsi Perfect thing. No, no, this is not Pepsi Perfect. And again, it's it's sugar water. So let's temper our anger and our, our outrage here. Bit. Well, and remember that <laughs> it's uh, a physical item that has to be distributed across the continental United States the old-fashioned way, meaning big trucks. Um, so, you know, there are people that obviously got their hands on it and other places they haven't because yeah. – it may take a few days. It may take a few days. And that's that's okay. I mean, again, when I ordered on Wednesday and they didn't show up until Thursday afternoon, not not the end of the world. It's, wow, I still got Ecto Cooler de- t- delivered straight to my door in 12-pack cases. What is happening? This is ridiculously <laughs> cool. So I, I will say I am slightly happy, though, that I have – I do not have the same uh, – nostalgic attachment to the ecto cooler as uh others do like yeah. you well and it's because i'm sitting here going say lovey yeah exactly well i i had one i i talked to a, a good friend and a good listener out there who uh who did say i got a can i tried it it's 140 grams of sugar i think i'm good like i i think the <laughs> one can is good enough for me so yes who was oh god in Denver, which ah, which one of the ghost tents was it? I don't know, but they made a comment where they're the same deal. They're like they were out of the loop. They were not in the the br- proper bracket to 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 be ecto cooler kids. Yeah, which is catchy by the way. Ecto cooler kids. Ecto cooler kids. Ecto kids. Ecto cooler. Ecto kids. Kind of like Flintstones kids. kids. Yeah. Cooler kids. But anyways, they um, 
like, cooler kids sounds like kids in jail. Never mind. Um, <laughs> and they made a comment. They were like, yeah, it's cool and all that, but I'll just stick to my Capri Sun, which I had to laugh because I'm like, yeah, I'm not a Capri Sun guy. Not a Capri either. Sun so, guy either, yeah. I was like, A, you're older than most of the people that are lusting after uh, Ecto Cooler, and B, you're still younger than me. <laughs> so. and, and to be completely honest, yeah, I mean, that the sample that they were kind enough to send out to us, I probably I would have been okay with that, but uh, – you know, I, I wanted to, A, get some for all of the friends here in, in Southern California that I know are looking for it. So when the opportunity arose, I said, yeah, I'll take another 12-pack and I'll get it yeah. to them. And and B, I when that movie comes out on the 15th, we're going to screen the first two movies and I need Ecto Cooler supplies for the party. So I was thinking ahead. That's, that's <laughs> planning here, guys. Listen, they're not going to let us smuggle vodka into the theater, so do your ecto-cooler <laughs> shots now, okay? Exactly. So everybody, we're going to watch these first two movies. You guys drink the ecto-cooler and the vodka. We'll hit the Uber. We'll go see the movie. Fantastic. Uh, okay, let's talk about the, the Lego box art. Did you see that, Chris, for the I new did. Ghostbusters? It's it, fantastic. And this is... It's coming out mid-July, I think right around the time of the, the actual film release, right? It's yeah. like the first or second week of July. It seems like a, there's a lot of items that they've dialed in as, let's just fill the stores that week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just bombard everybody that first week of July. It's July 4th weekend here in the States. We'll get everybody when they're going to pick up all their supplies. Fantastic. Why like not? I'm, I'm kind of wondering if they haven't worked that out, that they go, what are what are the typical stores in a mall? Get an item in every store in that mall. So Lego store, check. Bookstore, check. Uh, School gum, supplies, gummy store, check. Store, candy, check. That's, yeah. that's right. The candy shop, check. <laughs> I don't uh, know what they've missed, like what's left. Actually, in the UK, it's even bicycle shop. Check. Yeah, exactly. They've got, uh, I mean, rocket licensing Pogo, is all over the place. Pogo, Pogo stick, stick shop. Yeah. yeah. Ye old Pogo stick shop. <laughs> uh, puzzle, puzzle shop. Hey, that's what we're talking about next is USAopoly has puzzles coming out. Uh, these are based off of the gallery 1980 at uh, 1988 yeah, art, which the, is really cool. Um, <clears throat> which I mean, uh, those prints were fantastic. They were really rare to come by, uh, that gallery 1988, that was for the 25th anniversary, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, was it for the 30th? You are mistaken. It was, it for was the 30th. 30th. Yeah. Um, so, but, but really cool stuff. Those puzzles are coming out. Um, Walmart has a pre-order up for the five volumes of real Ghostbusters that we've talked about in, in a few of the other episodes. Um, at a wing ding of a price, $30, yeah. not too shabby. So you get well, five volumes for the price of basically two. If you buy them on Amazon. Yeah. That's their knockdown price though. It does say that suggested retail price is 45 bucks. It's 45. <clears throat> but so, I mean, interesting. Like I just checked on Amazon and the time life set is still in stock. And it's 130 bucks. 130 so. bucks. So, I mean, at suggested retail price, these guys will be more expensive, but no place is going to be selling them at suggested retail price. Meaning, yeah. uh, there is the, the presumably the next 50 coming out in September, to which we assume they'll round it out with the last set to get all 140 some odd episodes out there at 30 bucks a pop, you're going to come in pretty good compared to the time life. I, yeah. It's not, not too bad. Fair, and fair market value given that you don't have the super cool box, the steel cases and the, um, the extras. Yeah. All the extras, the booklet and that sort of stuff. But, and, and this also gives me promise too, for the digital release that maybe digital. the five volumes will be somewhere in that like $40 Do. price point, possibly maybe. I don't. I mean, I would imagine they're probably going to do like twenty dollars a quote unquote season or volume or however they're going to break it down. But yeah, I've never, 
I've never wrapped my head around how that goes. Like I've never figured out, for example, why the the digital comics are at the same cover value. I kind of understand it as the same day of because they don't want us to lure people away from their traditional physical market to the ebook. But I'm kind of like, why does it stay that way for so long? Because we all yeah. know that after a couple of weeks, that issue is no longer physically available. Yeah. Drop that yeah. price, but it doesn't. They hold on to it for a month. Anyways, I'm just. <laughs> I should have pointed out, you never asked me what I was drinking at the beginning of this. The answer is nothing, because I somehow managed to have five cups of coffee today. So. You are wired. It's it's working out really well. You've got a lot of good... This is like when we record on Saturday mornings. This is some pretty yeah. good energy here. When, uh, I'm, when I'm sick, I'm Shadow Stevens. When I've had five coffees, I turn into, <laughs> I don't know. Hulhauser. Wow. <laughs> wow. What or, is it's that? of that or the, the, the Micro Machines uh, announcer guy. <laughs> That's that's Oof. quite all right. Well, hey, all right. Let's talk about because we you have gotten a couple of collectibles, but I want to save that. I want to talk about. <laughs> well, all right. You're excited, and you've got the coffee. Let's let's ride that. Let's keep on the train here. Hat and cards. I hear that you've gotten both. You've gotten your Nas hat, and you've gotten a few of those those oh, yeah. cryptozoic cards. I, I it's beautiful. Um, Dawn. Hey, Dawn. Uh, was she stood in for me uh, at the uh, the Nas event that you were at? Yes, and I didn't uh, see her. So hi, <laughs> hi, Dawn. Belatedly, I'm really sorry we didn't we didn't cross paths. She, she was the one that messaged me saying some guy just mentioned your name. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, polishing my fingernails on my shirt. Um, <laughs> but while she was there, she's like sending me pictures, and she's like, "You want anything?" And I was like, "If the hats are under thirty bucks." I'd like a, she's like, which one? And I'm like, oh, uh, ooh, uh, and I went for the, uh, <laughs> as the guys at work call it, the Ghostbusters SWAT team hat. Oh it's, yeah. It's it the is. black it's on like... black. I'm, I posted online. I'm like, enjoy it, hat collectors. Cause I am about to dad the crap out of this thing. <laughs> You're going to curve that bill. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I curved the bill. Yeah. Somebody was like, billfold. I'm like, okay. I said I was going to dad it. <laughs> Not, you know. Not redneck it. I don't. I don't know who billfolds their hats, but it's not me. Gear done. Like I'm no, not, no. I'm twenty five percent hip hop. Okay, like I gotta. I can't go full fold. Yeah, the hats are. I mean, again, that that I think we mentioned it a, a few episodes ago. The hats were what I was impressed with the most when I saw them in person. The way that they're embroidered, they look like they look like really great baseball hats. And uh, yeah, there was like the the khaki one that has like the orange stripes on the side. That was the one that I really latched onto, and I'm, I'm going to try to pick up as well. But uh, uh, you opened your cryptozoic cards at a very remote location. I heard. Uh, how how did that <laughs> go? You've you finally gotten this box of cards. Everybody has been waiting on bated breath for you to get these cryptozoic cards. That's very nice of you to say, and it's a lie. It went well. Um, I feel it must be a, a deliberate statistical sorting thing rather than I'm just lucky. The one pack I got um, had basically the entire base sets, if you want to put it that way. So 54 cards. I had that. Uh, there was like Eric uh, Eric Burnham did a little cartoon series of cartoon panel oh, ones. Oh, nice! Oh, that's all great. All of that, the quote cards. I had got a set of those, all in one pack, which is twenty four packs of five cards. Uh, interesting side note: uh, the packs with the uh, the patch, not five cards. You get two. You get the patch card and another card uh, oh. because otherwise it's 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 so thick you'd be able to tell, right? So 
it's an interesting uh, I, I, that one got me thinking uh, uh, because technically you can't say each pack has five cards in it <laughs> and then only put two in but at the same time you don't want to screw up this sorting because they're supposed to be random and blind and it's so rare that I guess what they're banking on is nobody's going to start a civil suit against them <laughs> because they got the super rare card. Right, um, right. But, uh, so yeah, all these little, like the base set and the little special subsets, not the rare cards, but the the tight, like the retro ones, the ones that look like the Ghostbusters 2 cards with the lightning bolt border and all that. I had a set of those. Uh, they usually, there's nine to a set. Like Dapperdan, uh, uh, Shonings, uh, the, the uh, what, I don't even know what you call it, the puzzle piece one, the poster one that you assemble. Um, yeah, like a yeah puzzle piece interlocking. I don't know what, uh, yeah. He, re- he recreated that great RGB box art piece that got used everywhere of them yes. chasing Slimer in the car, falling out of it sort of thing. And he recreated it in his style. Um, I got all of that. Um, then on top of it, I got myself a stance, uh, patch card. Nice. Nice. I got a really nice sketch card and and they signed it, (laughs) which is a downside because I can't read the sign. I'm like, I'm not hundred percent sure (laughs) who who you are. Who did this? I'm trying to find, it's the guys, uh, uh, doing the, uh, the Three Stooges. Remember, neither Ghostbusters has slapstick in it, but they're doing the Three Stooges, hello, hello, looking around the, the door thing, right? And yeah. the courtroom scene. They did a really nice sketch of that. That's my sketch card. Uh, gosh, what else? That, that. A whole lot of foils, which I didn't really, wasn't really aware of. Every card in the series has a foil alternate. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and I posted mine. Yeah, I got the whole Dan Shoning one. He's like, I got the entire thing in. And I think they, they call it Kryptonium or something kryptonium. like that. <laughs> Instead of foil or chromium or whatever, it's Kryptonium. Yeah. And I'm like, I got the entire I was like, okay, fine. How many did you buy to get that? <laughs> Jesus. Um, and then I, you know, I had a handful of doubles and a bunch of foils. I realized very quickly I'm not in a rush to foil everything up. Yeah. Some part of me um, was kind of thinking about maybe the Dan show, like the guy who had the whole set. I was like, that might be cool. And then I kind of went, no, I think I'm okay. Uh, but I, I didn't get uh, a cell, an animation cell. Uh-huh. I didn't get a slime materials card. Um, but now you gotta, you gotta seek those out. That's going to be the, the seek those quest out. for you to get those cards now. So I turned to eBay and made some decisions. I very quickly realized I want the four guys. I want their patches. Uh, you know, uh, Kylie's, uh, Janine's, those are all very cool. The, the, the real Ghostbusters, the, the second team's ones. Yeah. I'm not in a rush, but the, I did want the four guys. Yeah. So I got the three O's missing. Uh, I'll tell you right now, kids, the sketch cards are going to be an interesting one. This is art speculation at a there's, micro there's level. There's so many of them, right? There's so there's many of those so sketch cards that are out there and we don't know, we don't have like a catalog or a checklist of all no, of them, right? Different styles, different qualities, different, you know, it appeals to different people in different ways. Some of them are like miniature pieces of art. Others are cool, you know, little sketch doodles. So depending on what you want, and then depending on what the seller thinks it's worth, which obviously hasn't been worked out at all, um, those I may actually keep an eye on. And if there's any buy it nows at kind of good nabbit prices, I might grab a few more. But I want one good example of the the slime uh, card. I want one good example of the 
the the animation cell, and uh, <laughs> I <laughs> I went and I'm only missing two. It was weird. Like I was like, how did I get the entire set? And then in this last one, I'm missing two. I said I don't have C eight and C nine, uh, which were the character uh, cards. And some guys like there is no C eight and C nine, and I was like, I went looking. There was a checklist that had C eight and C nine, and I went back and checked it. It was a card collector site. C eight and C nine are Gozer, who went out with Cryptozoic's board game launch party kit. Oh. C nine is Stay Puff that went out in a collectible card magazine. <laughs> wow. So guess what else I went and bought on eBay? <laughs> um, and there's all these. Okay. Hey, somewhere around here, I have one called P1. P1 is the white promotional card that they put out ages ago. It's just a white card saying Ghostbusters trading cards coming next year. I bought that on eBay because I got sick and tired of waiting. There's a patch. Is it a patch? I think in the binder. The binders haven't come in, so I need to get a binder. There's another advertising card, and it's more of a photo of, here's the boxes, and here's some examples of the thing. I'm like, great, now i got to get that. And this is the one. I got one. The um, printing plate cards. What Cryptozoic does, I, I had no idea. It had never come up. And I'm on eBay, and this one comes up. Lewis, yellow printing card plate. I'm like, What? And they had two pictures, one of the front, and sure enough, it looks like, you know, if you're familiar with Photoshop or, you know, print transparencies or whatever, if you just look at one color layer, that's what it looks like. It looks like part of the picture's missing. You could kind of make it out, but, I'm like, and you flip it over, and there's a sticker saying, congratulations, you've got a rare printing plate card. Hmm. For more information, go to cryptozoic.com slash printplate. I think it's print plate. Hopefully I got it right. Yeah. And I went and looked at it and they explained what they did is when they finished printing the cards, and this is how you know that there's a set run. So damn you, Craig, for buying them all of <laughs> the Yes Have Some podcast. <laughs> um, when they're done being printed like, overseas, wherever it is, uh, uh, Hong Kong, presumably. I bought mine from a guy in Hong Kong, and there's a bunch of them coming from there. So I think I think a few may have uh, <clears throat> walked off the floor sort of thing. Uh-oh. But it's got the, yeah. it's got the cryptozoic, um, uh, it's got a sticker on it explaining what it is and to go to their official site to find out more. Sure enough, cryptozoic, uh, oh God, do I have to explain printing to people? <laughs> no, no, no. I think I think offset we're good. Press, yeah, no, we're offset, good. offset, offset presses use different color layers. Whatever. The point is, is it's an it's like a a, a statically charged electric uh, aluminum sheet, and they're put on rollers and they print everything out. And once the printing is done, they pull these uh, sheets off, and then they punch out each card. Like they flatten it and then punch out each card, put the sticker on the back, and they super randomly insert them into boxes as these special printing plate cards. Mm. For that one card, there are only four of these print plates, each one Ah. representing a different color. Meaning (laughs) Arsenio Hall signed, I don't know, a couple of hundred of his autograph cards. There is only one card one black layer printing plate yeah, card. Yeah. There, is the, a, se- there isn't a second one out there somewhere. It's just the hmm. one. 
And I lucked out because I only found out about it. I was like, that's great. How much? Ooh, that's a 50 bucks. Well, sure, whatever. Buy. <laughs> and I bought it. And then I started scrolling down. I found a couple more. A, if it's the black layer, it means you can see things clear. It's like looking oh, at a black and white photograph. Yeah. So they are way more in- of interest to people. Right. They average from like 150 up. Wow. So I mean, there. That sounds super rare. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I just spent 10, 20 minutes talking about cards. You were going to be so sorry. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us, everybody. That was our hour long. Uh, <sighs> Come on card back next podcasting. week for card talk. Um, <laughs> I was just Look, excited. I didn't know about these, and they're so rare, cool. I was like, I gotta have yeah. at least I mean, one. Well, here, here, because again, people have been waiting for you to get these cards. I've been waiting for. I, I am so excited for you to have gotten these cards because I'm I know so that excited you've been, for me. Like I can hear it in your voice. I can hear that you you have been so downtrodden not getting these cards. And now that you have them, I can hear it. You're you got the extra kick in your step. So it's it's totally fine. I'm glad that you were able to vent. Yay. Um, so here's here's what we're gonna do because we have two more merch things. Then we have some movie talk. Then we have barbecue films. We are almost an hour into the show already. Holy so, cow. We're going to, let's talk these two merch things. Then we have a really special announcement. Then we're going to get into the the movie talk and then we'll get into our barbecue films guys in the next hour. But, uh, stop holding things up, Troy. Let's I do know. This. What am I doing? But we have to talk about the Mattel San Diego comic-con uh, exclusive because yes. to me, I, I saw it and I was like, Oh, that's it. All right. Well, I guess that's cool. You were, you were pretty fired up about this. So uh, Mattel, well, that, gave, might, that might be overstating it fired up, but yeah, I, but, I did like it. Well, here, so, and maybe you can kind of, kind of, uh, clue me in here as to, to what you, your response was, but so Mattel announced that their San Diego Comic-Con exclusive is going to be the, the four Ecto minis of the new Ghostbusters fighting a Rowan, which looks like the same six inch that lights up and they've got the proton beams. It's a diorama that apparently has lights and sounds. So you want to keep it in the box. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's like them in the streets fighting Rowan at the end of the movie, presumably, um, I saw that and I was like, oh, that's awesome. I have the four Ecto minis. I have Rowan. I don't know. Like, I don't know that I would buy those again. Uh, but a lot of people enjoyed it. A lot of people saw this and were like, oh, that's super cool. I want that. Is it just because of the display possibilities? Is it is it because it's yeah. a diorama and you get sort of like this scene that you can put up on your shelf? Yeah, it's a bit of a, a daguerreotype of taste. Like, like you looked at it and went, I have those individual pieces because in your head you're like all I'm really kind of getting is the special box which is you know kind of cool but whatever yeah other people and myself I'm kind of like that's kind of ingenious like I kind of I kind of appreciate it that I, I, I'm sure there's some people that are kind of like well it's the same thing as you know uh, what's the exclusive it's Superman but he's blonde it's like really you just repainted <laughs> Superman's hair nice work uh, and I can kind of see that where some people went Really? You took this? Yeah. But I liked that it was toys from two different sets. So the Rowan action figure and the four Ecto minis, which are meant for all the, the equipment toys. And they're kind of to scale, which is kind of, that's, they that's work, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Because of that, they kind of work out to roughly scale. Um, put it in a diorama. So there's kind of this display thing that's kind of cool. And added sound because Rowan lights up. He doesn't make noise. Yeah, so there's there's uh you know, it's probably going to play like the theme song and and proton beams firing yeah. that kind of thing. So yeah. they did they've that's the extra step they put in besides just the box and the way you display it. So I'm uh let's put it this way, uh I'm not 
<laughs> I'm not going to be rushing out to try and get one <laughs> or begging somebody to pick one up for me because where am I going to put it? But I yeah. appreciate I appreciated that I kind of liked the the strange ingenuity of. I can't think of too many other times exclusives have gone out where they've pulled toys from different sets together, right? Yeah. Like, this is kind of unique for that. Yeah, it's it's unique. And I mean, maybe this is um, a product of, because I, I think the reason I was so disappointed is there's so many things that they could have done. They could have done a six inch Kevin figure with an Ecto two. They could have done, you know, there were, there were so many things that could have been done. I was a little disappointed in that, but yeah. you know, maybe this was a result of, well, we, we don't have Hemsworth's likeness rights. We can't make a Kevin. What, what do we do? Let's put something cool together. And they kind of put this, this, uh, or money together or money. Yeah. Cause I think this is why it'll rub some people the wrong way because let's not you know let's not beat around the bush it is all about economy of of resources sure sure <laughs> instead of the because think of what it takes to make just an action figure right like uh like you said you got to secure rights you got to get it sculpted you got to get it approved you got to get it off to china china sends back uh proofs you look at it and you go tweak this tweak this send it back get it made and all this for one that you're not going to make yeah, you're making hundreds a couple of thousands thousand. in the storage. Yeah. You're making a couple of thousand. Yeah. Um, so that they went and said, what do we have? Let's combine them like this. And the cute little thing that we'll do is we'll, you know, the sound portion and the diorama. I was like, that's actually, that's kind of cool. Yeah. And yeah. it's like I said, it's four, to, it's five toys is really what you're getting. Um, and and for the for it, it seems like it's going to be a, a lower price point too, which is kind of nice. It's not like yeah. the big three hundred dollar exclusive Stay Puff Marshmallow Man kind of thing. So exactly right. Yeah. So this is, it's there are pros and cons depending on what you look for in a San Diego Comic Con exclusive. I I kind of like it though, yeah. especially in a day yeah. and age with eBay and stuff like this. It's like it'd be nice if something was at a price point where even if you couldn't get down there when it shows on eBay. You know, it's not going to be a thousand dollars. Yeah, it'll be a little even even jacked up. It's not going to be a world-ending amount. Yeah, and and it's in addition to the Monster High figure, so that they have two exclusive, which are yeah. which are nice. And the Monster High is the one that they went out on because yeah, and that's the one that it seems like a lot of people are, are really interested in as well. But they had to, uh, they had to make a, that Slimer's new. They had to come up with the pack to put on the figure. They had to come up with the uniform to put on the figure. That stuff was created. From scratch, whole yeah, cloth. Yeah, from scratch. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure the Frankie doll is just, and it was Frankie. That's the other thing. You and I were, which one uh, is yeah, it? Yeah, no, that again, showing uh, my knowledge of it, I was like, I don't know. Oh, Frankie? Sure, totally. I didn't know yeah. either, but it is the the quote-unquote Frankenstein yeah. uh, girl from the, the well, show. So, so San Diego Comic-Con coming up in July, those exclusives will be available to you. I'm sure they may put a few of them online as well. So if, if you're interested, go check those out. Um, we have one more merchandise-related thing, and it's it's a doozy. It's a, a very special announcement here, Chris. And I think, well, well, why don't we, let's throw to a little something here, and we'll tell everybody about it. Hey there. Want to win something? Sure you do. So we here at the CrossRip have joined forces with Loot Crate to bring you this little contest. We want you to take anything you've heard over our last 50 episodes and make it a meme. You know, a Ghostbusters meme, of course. Just take something you think is clever, marry it to a Ghostbusters-related image, and create the ultimate CrossRip meme. Add a quote of something that's been said here on the CrossRip, place it on a picture, then tweet or Instagram it out into the world with the exact words, I want to open my Ghostbusters loot crate while listening to the CrossRip. Now, that those are the ad things. Um, let me do it again. 
I want to open my Ghostbusters at Loot Crate while listening to at the Crossrip. The exclamation mark is optional. The at symbols, however, are not. At Loot Crate, at the Crossrip. Then Troy and I will choose a selection of our favorites, and from those, one lucky winner will receive a limited edition Ghostbusters box courtesy of the good folks at Loot Crate. Act quickly because any tweets or grams must be posted by the end of this week, June 10th, to be considered. Winners must live in one of the countries that Loot Crate ships to, but don't fret, that's over 30 countries. Go to lootcrate.com international to see if it's one of your countries. Enter once, enter often, enter as many times as you want, but only one shall win the Ghostbusters Loot Crate. Very, very cool, Chris. Uh, thanks to the people at Loot Crate for providing us with this opportunity. Please, please, please participate. We've got a cool thing to give away to you guys, so let's let's make it let's make it cool. Let's make it happen, and uh, we'll get you a free loot crate. Participate once, participate often. Participate often. That's the that's the nice thing too is you're not limited to one entry, so so make it happen. But hey, let's talk about Ghostbusters 2016 before we get into the barbecue films interview here. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Very patiently waiting. The guys in the green room at Barbecue Films, thank you so much uh, for for hanging in there. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about. This is the product of a movie coming out in July, but. Uh, let's talk about this this whole Dan Aykroyd thing because last week Dan Aykroyd was all over the place for so many reasons. He was uh, he was in the news because he got to see a test screening and he publicly put out a little bit of information to everybody about what he thought of the movie and and he put out a public statement saying you know as the originator of the original film I saw a test screening of the new movie and apart from the brilliant genuine performances from the cast both female and male it has more laughs and more scares than the first two films. Plus, Bill Murray is in it. As one of millions of man fans and race Dan's, I'm paying to see that, and I'm bringing all my friends. So this is uh, Wordsmith Dan Aykroyd getting it out there that he's <laughs> he's pleased with the new movie. He wants you to make sure that you know that he's pleased. Um, but, you know, curious timing because in the UK, a little bit of a spoiler here coming up, everybody. Plug Stuff that ears. we already knew. Plug your ears. Hit the 15-second jump. The UK TV spots have started airing, and uh, a certain scene has popped up in them. I did my best to quickly plug my ears and close my eyes and stick my head in the sand, and then I gave in. I was like, you know what? Look, I already know what this is. It's not going to do me any good. Let's take a look at this 30-second spot. And then I watched it, and I thought, that was totally not necessary. They didn't really need to put that in there. I wonder why that happened. So... For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, I'm about to spoil it, but Dan Aykroyd, yes, he has a cameo in the movie. We all know that, but he shows up as a cab driver and uh, he has a very iconic line that he spouts to Kristen Wiig, which is in this TV spot. And a lot of people were upset about it because that was supposed to be a surprise. That was something we weren't supposed to know about until we actually saw in the film. I mean, my guess is Dan Aykroyd's been so vocal and... And it's pretty clear that he's in it. I mean, the Ellen show, she even said, everybody's going to be in the movie, right? They all said, yeah, exactly. Uh, That was my take, is that everybody knows Dan Aykroyd's in the movie. Let's just show them that Dan Aykroyd's in the movie. We'll save all the other guys as a secret. No harm, no foul. But, uh, you know, why else would they have done this, Chris? I don't understand... Again, it could also be a, a, a miscommunication between the international Sony and, and Sony US. And they're saying, look, we don't want to show any of these cameos. And the UK was like, oops. Uh, yeah, well, just nobody kidding. said anything. And it yeah. didn't get yanked. It 
it kept it's still playing. It's still out there and it's still playing. So I but, would like to forward a brace yourself. Are you sitting down? I am sitting down. I'm sitting a down. slightly unnerving hypothesis. Oh, oh. All right. What do you got? Um, we love Dan Aykroyd. Uh, how often is Dan Aykroyd in movies these days? Uh, that's a good point. That's I think they put it point. in there because they wanted the line and assumed, and they might not be too far wrong, didn't think all but fans would recognize him. That's a good point. I mean, Dan or, Aykroyd... Or they would recognize him and not necessarily put two and two together that, oh, right, he was in the first one. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, people, like, let's make no mistake. Every time Dan Aykroyd shows up to do his signings for Crystal Head Vodka, there is always a line out into the parking lot. He's a beloved man from Saturday Night Live and all of the classic films that we've come to know and love, but... Yeah, that's a good point. You know, the 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 millennials and younger are not exactly uh, keen as to who the Dan Aykroyd is. So if he shows yeah. up in a TV spot, uh, you know, um, maybe, you know, all of us will recognize who he is, but a lot of people won't. Bill Murray, on the other hand, he shows up in a TV spot. We're all going to flip out because, wait, that was a cameo that I didn't know that I wanted to see yet. That's I want to enjoy that on July 15th and no sooner. Yeah, um, I, so I think it's kind of a combination of Dan's kind of out there all over the place talking about it anyways. So for those of us who know who Dan is and all that, he's it's, <laughs> it's not really a stretch for us to get to see him and do his little cameo. And the flip side is, is we forget that the general public is not us. Yeah, has not internalized yeah. it to the same level, and most of them. <laughs> I I kind of like to think that perhaps there will be some two days later in the shower, people going, "Hey, yeah, hey, he was in the first yeah, one." Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but yeah. but I, I think most people are like sitting there and they see it, and all they walk away from it is new movie, and I remember that line. You know, yeah. I had, they the like the it's <laughs> that's its place in pop culture. The, the quotes of the lines almost persist more than the people who are in it who <laughs> well the thing is don't even look like themselves necessarily from 25 years ago right like yeah, you know, time yeah. marches on and we all look different so but everybody knows that I ain't afraid of no ghosts in fact you know there was that article on Ray Parker Jr. that had a little fun with that saying that, <laughs> that Ray Parker Jr. admits that he's afraid of ghosts and the whole thing was subtext there it was, um, it was very brave of him very uh, brave of him to come out and say that uh, but yeah I, I, I think you're absolutely right there Chris is you know because here's here's something else that I've noticed especially on Instagram now that the new car is out there the new ectomobile is making the rounds and people are taking their picture in front of it I saw no more than 10 and no less than five people post the picture and say oh my god it looks just like it did in my childhood such memories in front of the new car that they haven't seen before you know people don't make that connection they don't have the yeah. look chances are if you listen to a ghostbusters podcast you know the difference between the ecto the ecto 1a the ecto 2 the new ecto like you know it down to the bolt to the nut and bolt that's on the roof rack uh other people they look at it they go oh it's the ectomobile Oh my God, I remember that. When I was a kid, I went and I had a Happy Meal one time that had a, a, a an Ectomobile toy that I played with in the bathtub. Like yeah. that kind of thing that nobody puts together two and two that that's not the same Ectomobile that was in the 84 movie. So we, ha we have to remember that the number of people in the world who have seen that movie more than once is a lot smaller than we think. It's, yeah, <laughs> un unfortunately, because that's it's a movie that has good repeat watch value. But, the world, uh, that it's a phenomena as a movie. Everybody's familiar with it. 
a lot of people saw it. We, we are the mad ones yeah. that have seen it lots and lots. We have and, to remember that there are people that are going, oh, yeah, I saw it in theater. When was the last time you saw it? Well, in the theater. When I saw it in the theater. <laughs> there are the people that don't know that there was a second Ghostbusters movie. They, yeah. Like, people that don't know that there was a Ghostbusters <laughs> 2. <laughs> well, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, J-Law wasn't aware that there was a second movie and she was up for, for the, she was for the up new for one. She was for a role in it. Just, like so, Jennifer Lawrence, multi-million dollar movie star, doesn't know that there was a second Ghostbusters movie. So so at any rate, so yeah, I mean, the, the Aykroyd thing to us, yes, it was a little bit of a, a Band-Aid being ripped off, but to a lot of people out there, no harm, no foul. So uh, to me, I watched it and I was like, well, yeah, all right. I, it's not going to diminish my enjoyment of the movie, knowing what's going to happen in it. But um, hey, let's talk about really quick the Entertainment Weekly Slime article. Speaking of the past and Ghostbusters 2 and people yeah, yeah. not knowing that that movie existed. Uh, Entertainment Weekly talked to uh, the new leads uh, in the film about the slime, you know, because that's a topic of conversation. We saw it in the in the Entertainment Tonight um, package that they put together. He calls out the slime and he talks about how gross it is and how warm it is when he puts his hand in there. And everybody wants to talk about the slime. It's like Nickelodeon back in its heyday. Uh, but so so they talk about things in a way that re- to me it recalls. Like uh, Harold Ramis talking about that scene from Ghostbusters 2 when they come out of the sewer and they have to strip their clothes off and they're in the middle of New York and it's cold and they're wearing this glycerin covered goo and they're just miserable. They hate life and they have to keep (laughs) doing take after take after take. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't that one one where something was spoiled and they had to go back and shoot some of it again? and then they had to go do it again. I mean, insult to injury, I think there was was an issue with the gate on the camera of the film or the film camera or something and and so they had to go back and reshoot it and so they had to do the exact same thing on a second night and but it, so at any yeah. rate, this, this article reminds me of that, you know, it's them talking about this stuff is disgusting and you have to glop <laughs> it on by the handful and it stains your clothes and it gets caked in your ear and it just doesn't wash off. And what's great is that we now know that there is a benchmark for making a Ghostbusters movie. If it, well, it has to have slime, but if that slime doesn't leave your actors slightly <laughs> scarred for life, you may have done it wrong. Yeah, exactly. If if they never want to see a jar of that ridiculous glycerin-based goo in their yep. life, uh, you've done something wrong. So H- Horror movies, it's the fake blood. Ghostbuster movies, <laughs> it's the slime. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, again, this is something that I'm sure uh, now that they're out on the, the press tour, we're going to start hearing a lot about, but... A very unique article, uh, apart from all of the fluffy stuff that y- people usually ask about. Um, speaking of unique articles, did you read that article in Medium uh, by Tom Zhu, who does this one perfect shot or every every frame of painting, I think, is what he, he does, uh, like this short film series on. Uh, but he dissected the new trailers for the film. Did you see that? He did the difference between the U.S. version and the U.K. version? I saw it, and I started getting into it. I have not finished it, but I'm mostly because I don't want to skim it. I actually want to give it it's uh, some time and attention. As, it's a as really, you should. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's an in-depth, it's a film theory class. And basically what he does is he tells you, you know, the difference between eight frames on a joke, how, how a, a joke will land. If you put a breath in there with a, a dip to black, um, if you punch in on the frame and you cut out certain people, does that make the laugh better? Does it diminish from the laugh because you're not catching the, the full picture? It's, it's a great 
read, he does a lot of animated side-by-side GIFs where you see the US version versus the UK version, and then he explains why each one was done in a certain way, and to him what he thought was more effective and what was not effective, and it was funny because I read this after you and I talked, Chris, uh, on last week's show about the international trailer and how we thought that certain jokes like the Michael McDonald joke at the beginning felt rushed or felt a little different, like it was a different take or it landed a little yeah. differently than the U.S. version. And he actually explains why that was. He explains that, well, the buildup was different and the way that they A, B, C, D, E, F into the joke, the setup and the punchline is is totally different even though it's the same joke it's a totally different setup it's a totally different punchline and it plays totally different so what you're saying is is he makes us look stupid he does well but he he explains things to us it's fantastic i want to pause it not pause it i want to yeah pause it pose i want to pose Pause pause it p-o-s-i-t pause it pause it i would like to make a suggestion to sony and that's that you uh get him uh, and somebody capable at an editing bay, and that should be a special feature on the discs when it comes out for home video. Yeah, commentary on the feature, trailer. A feature at where because they're going to put the trailers on anyways. Like here's the trailer farm, right? You know the trailer park, all the trailers. I would love to see a feature at where he takes his article and actually does the you know the moving picture version of it because he can they can actually then say here watch this and then you watch the joke and then you go okay now watch what happens when i take eight frames out you know what i mean like yeah see how that's different and take his article he's worked it out it's beautiful he's got his script what you need is a set of the animated gifs go to actual film clips and show it that way and that that's what he does with his every frame of painting uh series is is he dissects things in that way and and he he does he calls out a quote he says the difference between a laugh and no laugh can be as little as one frame which explains that first trailer why that landed so flatly to some people to me is because maybe the construction of it was intended differently and it landed flat but then you look at these two new trailers and everybody goes oh fantastic it, it feels a lot different but it's it's just all in the editorial of the trailer itself so even even if sony doesn't follow my suggestion and you're lost sony um i suspect his article will be in handout film studies handouts for years to come i i, I think that article he wrote is going to be taught to be honest yeah, absolutely i mean to, to trailer aspiring trailer editors everywhere uh, take take note Required reading. Alice, I'm going to ask you a couple of standard questions, okay? Do you believe in UFOs, astral projections, mental telepathy, ESP, clairvoyance, spirit photography, telekinetic movement, full trance mediums, the Loch Ness Monster, and the theory of Atlantis? What are you supposed to do, some kind of a cosmonaut? What has that got to do with it? Back up. I'm a scientist. At long last, Chris, we are getting into our interview with the Barbecue Films folks. Uh, Lenny Platt, <laughs> Cave Rhodes, Lauren Lycus. Thank they've, you guys so much for hanging out and, and waiting. They, they've they've cleared all the snacks in the in the in the green room. It's uh, boy, you know, uh, especially w- with all of the shows that we have planned, and we keep having to shuffle the schedule. Um, barbecue Films, we wanted to get them in before their their event takes place this week, and there are still tickets available. As you're going to hear in the interview here, they have extended their run, so we know that there's uh, some tickets for those those uh, additional shows available. 
Um, perhaps not for long. But not for long. So new, sh- new shows added means the first one sold out fast. They're sold out. So, um, so at any rate, so it was it was really great talking, Chris. Unfortunately, you couldn't join us uh, for this, uh, but I wish you could have because these guys they're passionate and they really wanted people to have this immersive experience, uh, transportive. Excuse me, transportive experience uh, to to be a Ghostbuster, to live inside the movie and. And so they've set up something really, really cool in, in Brooklyn this week and this week only, it sounds like. And we'll get into that in the interview in a second here. But how are you guys doing? We just can't <laughs> wait to open up the new headquarters. I was going to say, all things considered, you probably have a lot of work to do. So that's a loaded question. Uh, how, you, how are you guys doing? Are you sleeping? We're still not afraid of ghosts, but we're, you know, reaching the point of being afraid of deadlines. So it's coming down <laughs> to the wire, man. So we're, we're just, we've got a lot happening and we've got a lot of uh, really awesome partners on this event. And, and we're just really first and foremost focusing on delivering the best experience we can to our audience. So that's why we're, you know, burn the midnight oil to make sure that we create the Ghostbusters immersive experience that fans want and, and quite frankly deserve. Yeah, absolutely. You, no stone left unturned and you want to make sure that every detail is accounted for. But uh, well, let's, let's start just, just by a little bit of general information about the both of you. And maybe Lenny, let's, let's start with you because people probably know you from television, uh, Quantico, Gotham, How to Get Away with Murder. But uh, people may not know what a Ghostbusters fan you are. When did you uh, find this love affair with the Ghostbusters uh, franchise? And you know what is it that you love the most about it? Yeah, you know, I was, I was just home this past weekend at my parents' house in Orlando, I grew up around the theme parks. So I think that contributed. I, I've definitely been on the Ghostbusters ride uh, more times than I can count. But I think um, a lot of it had to do with just the cartoon, honestly. Like I, I, I found the videotape in my house. I was going through some old boxes and talking to my mom about our Ghostbuster fandom. We had like, she's got crates. I have the Ghostbusters HQ. She pulled out my like blue, sky blue uh, lunchbox, like the thermos lunchbox. <laughs> We had all this, these, these like Ghostbusters artifacts, and I was wondering because you know the film. I'm 31, turning 32, so I was born in '84. I was born when the movie came out, so I was kind of trying to place where that love came from, and I think it probably was from the cartoon and just growing up around the parks and living in that kind of preliminary um, world of Ghostbusters at, at Universal Studios, and it's kind of um, always like stayed with me, but. Uh, but the immersive love in general came through uh, Gabe and Lauren creating this company, Barbecue Films, because as you mentioned, I'm an actor. I've been working at that in New York for 10 years, but but a big shift for me was finding Barbecue Films as an audience member three years ago. I think it was a little over three years sure. ago. Um, I bought a ticket to an event, and I didn't know anything about it, but I remember it was an immersive experience for American Psycho, and they had turned the basement of the Tribeca Grand Hotel into an 80s nightclub. And you were invited into Patrick Bateman's 27th birthday party. And, um, you know, I, I love the book and I love the film and I'd seen it a million times. But but uh, Gabriel and Lauren and, and the rest of the barbecue films crew, because it's, you know, it's a staff of a lot of brilliant people that put these things together, made me experience film in a new way. And it reinvigorated this, this um, you know, creativity inside of me as an actor and a performer um, to want to get involved. So I, I volunteered at first and I'm still volunteering four years later and along for the ride uh, that is Ghostbusters right now. Yeah, so. yeah. And so, Gabe, are, are we joined by Lauren? Lauren, are you there with us, too? So you may hear a little bit of knocking around in the background, and that is the co-founder, Lauren Lickis, <laughs> my wife. We actually started this thing on our rooftop in 2007 just as a way to have fun with friends. Sure, and, uh, sure. 
And, 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 and you know, I'll, maybe I'll tell you a story I've never told the press before about Lenny. Uh, but I'll do that in a moment. But it is, yeah, so Lauren was down in, in uh, Florida on a job, and so now she's back, uh, and uh, it's just great to have her voice here. Uh, she'll be kind of tucking in and out of this. Yeah, absolutely. But, but so, and are you guys both fans? Uh, Gabe, Lauren, are you both Ghostbusters fans? Is this something that you've kind of grown up with as well? Of course. I remember, especially the cartoons, I know Lenny was talking about the cartoons. Cartoons are such a big thing in our childhood, and I feel like, you know, especially now, the, the like, after-school cartoons, the Saturday morning cartoons, it's not a thing anymore. And kind of sad for that, because we have a 10-month-old a daughter, and she's not going to grow up with that same, like... Zeitgeist. You know, sure. I, I used to sneak home early and watch the Batman cartoon when my parents couldn't tell because I was a, I was a latchkey kid and and I wasn't allowed to watch television but like I, I've got these like little pieces of fandom from the like stolen moments that I could get of pop culture because my my parents weren't really big on um, big on pop culture and I to answer your question you know our, our are are we fans of Ghostbusters? Of course, right? <laughs> yeah, who isn't? Yeah, it's kind of a stupid question, right? It's like, who isn't? You know, and like, like I, I actually don't know if you're allowed to move to New York without being a fan of Ghostbusters. <laughs> I like, like I, I, I actually there's there's like a little there's like checkbox in your tax forms um, uh, to make sure that you're 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 a fan of Ghostbusters if you live in New York. But like the the the, the the thing is is like I would I would say we're 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 fans of amazing storytelling and film and social experiences in general. Sure. And that's and that's one of the what's one of the things is like of like that this how we run this shop. You know, it's it's not it's not just a you know we love Comic Con, but it's not a Comic Con experience. It is a it's a storytelling experience. It's a, it's it's how do you make these stories that have made us who we are come alive so we can celebrate in them, and that's the intellectual project that Lauren and I have been on all these years, right? Yeah. And that's the intellectual project that 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 it has been so amazing to welcome Lenny into because. Lenny coming from literally the other side of the screen into this into this crew has kind of brought this because I mean, Laura and I just we just God, we watch a we watch a lot of movies we watch multiple movies a week you know even though we have a baby you know it's 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 <laughs> we love watching these films that make us who we are how do you do that in a way that celebrates them with other people that love them is a wonderful question to be able to answer with barbecue films. Yeah. Well, so for, for people that are not familiar, maybe tell us a little bit about, because we say an immersive film experience, it's so much more than just a screening. You know, you're not just going to a midnight movie and seeing, you know, seeing, seeing it with a crowd in, in a theater, you're seeing a whole lot more and it becomes, like you said, it's, it's a storytelling experience. So, you know, what do you guys do with barbecue films? This is obviously a lot more elaborate than, you know, just screening a movie, uh, you know, outside in your yard or on your rooftop. So so let, let me let me um, let me let me just make a differentiation here because I think that there's 
I'm going to dig into a little history here, but just talk about immersive immersive cinematic screenings in general for a second. And then I want to kick it over to Lauren because a lot of the philosophy of this comes from our conversations together. So, like, this idea of, like, immersive cinema has been around forever, right? Sure. So, so immersive cinema, I would actually say that cinema started immersive and then got non-immersive, right? So, like, silent cinema where you have a live band actually playing a score to a movie, that's more immersive than anything you go and see in a multiplex right now, right? So, so films started immersive and then got less immersive, right? And then you got the, like, William Castles of the world where you're getting shocked in your seat and there's an ambulance parked out in front. You have to sign a waiver to go in and see a horror movie. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. like all of Hitchcock, that. Hitchcock did all that for second. Hitchcock, yeah. right? Like, like, all of this stuff, we are paying homage to decades of, of, of brilliance that came before us, right? And so, and so immersive cinema has been with us for a very, very long time. Right? Yeah, yeah, and then as people are watching more and more TV, they're moving further and further away from the screen, and it's becoming less and less immersive. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard right. these days to have a reason to leave your couch, you know, with Hulu and Amazon, and, and um, I think that's what Gabe and Lauren, you know, started this company to to create this community around experiencing film, whether it's new film or a film you've seen fifty times in this new way, because you're seeing it in a room full of strangers that are having a visceral emotional reaction to the film that you're watching. And they may laugh at the same quotes that they know and they've say, said to their friends a million times, or there are other part of the audience that is actually seeing the movie for the first time. We have attendees that have not seen Weekend at Bernie's or have not seen Back to the Future, if you can believe it or not, who <laughs> came and they're like, I've actually never seen this. This is amazing. Like I was in a room full of people that love this. And there was an energy that I felt just through them experiencing this movie. So it's pretty profound to be in a room full of humans, you know, in, a, yeah. in this day of, of technology. So, so I want to, I want to make a comment about that, but before I do, that's exactly what Lauren talks about. So go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> please yeah. do. Yeah. Go ahead. Lauren. Um, I would say, I think first and foremost, we want to create a social experience, right? Like it's, it's, uh, um, it's, Gabe and I kind of talk about this a lot, but um, one of the kind of uh, inspirational things that we draw from, if you've ever seen the movie Side by Side, if you haven't, you should watch it. Um, it's a movie Martin Scorsese and Keanu Reeves produced. It's a documentary about the history of filmmaking, but from the point of view of the directors of photography and, um, you know, the colorists, people who care about film but aren't lauded in the same way as, um, you know, our movie stars and our directors. And um, one, of, one of the most um, resonant points of that film, someone talks about how movies used to be a sort of church where you would go and you would be with the entire community and learn how to be the hero or the villain or the, you know, lover or the whatever, whatever it was that you felt, um, you know, you, you wanted to go on to be. And, and you kind of lost that in some ways. You can you can do that, but it's not the same sort of social experience of you know being with everyone you know and kind of 
sharing that that mm, moment. Sure. Um, and I think a large part of what we do is to create that for for our audience, like create that moment to be able to say, you know, I was there, I felt this, I want to share it with people um, and, and, and feel part of a community, feel part of um, a fan base, feel part of uh, something larger than just, you know, an individual in a seat. Yeah. So, so let me, so Troy, let me, let me introduce a new word into this lexicon. Sure. Uh, and, and I'm trying it out here on this podcast, so, so, so bear with me. I think this cinematic exhibition is transportive, not immersive. Hmm. You're, you're a different person when you're in it, right? What Lauren just described, let me give you an example of it that Lenny brought to me, right? So we're playing the Enchantment Under the Sea. We're, 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 we're hosting the Enchantment Under the Sea dance. We're playing Back to the Future. We're playing the scene of the prom. And we're inviting people to dance in the audience as the prom is dancing at the, at the, at the Enchantment of the Sea dance and Back to the Future. And there is a couple, and they are, they are immaculately replicating what is happening on the swing dance moves on screen. Like, full-on swing back, palm plant, <laughs> circle around, absolutely absurd move, right? And now we've hired eight dancers for this. And I, I, so I tuck in with Lenny, and I'm like, Lenny, good job hiring those dancers. They really pulled it off. They studied those moves. And what Lenny said to me is, no, that wasn't our dancers. Those were just some fans, right? <laughs> And they lived out that experience in that moment. They were in that dance, right? They were transported to that time, to that moment, to that, to that, to that, to that character, to that that moment of purity or innocence, or 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 maybe not. Maybe maybe it was a really bad high school dance, and they were in it, but it was nineteen fifty. <laughs> it is transportive for those people. Yeah. It's like this is a super geeky reference, but it's like we're creating the holodeck on Star Trek. I like to say this all the time. It's like you're there's all these time periods and and costumes and worlds that we create that people. It, it's you know when you watch a film and not, not, um, you, you're you're sitting in a theater and you're a passive observer and there's nothing wrong with that. That's amazing. It's affected us in a profound way. But this art form that that we've created together. Um, we everybody gets their 15 minutes of fame you know everybody gets their their time to perform if you've ever had that bug inside of you that said i want to perform i want to be on stage i want to be an actor i want to step outside of myself for even a moment and be somebody else barbecue films allows you to do that and in june people will come into our event and be a ghostbuster it doesn't matter your age your race your gender anybody is going to be a ghostbuster and that's kind of the spirit of the film and 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 what barbecue is doing in large it's it's anybody can come and be inside this world if you want well and so how do you what do you guys do in order to sort of create that illusion what do you do to create the 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 set pieces in the holodeck like you were talking about in terms of the actors yeah. that are interacting with you and the the set design that's around you and i mean i know you guys don't want to really get into details cuz part of that is the experience you don't want to just tell everybody what they're going to be seeing but just in terms of like your production meeting today what are you guys prepping 
uh, you know, what, 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 uh, right. it's, it's like you're, you're shooting a film without the cameras, basically. What are you guys preparing well, for people here? Complicated hologram. It's tactile. What I say is the key piece is that it's not an illusion. It's that you are actually coming and participating in this. You're helping build the show with us. You're part of, you're part of the experience by being an audience member. You are becoming a ghostbuster and fulfilling that experience for those around you in addition to like experiencing it yourself, you know, like it's, it's not just a passive sit in your seat kind of thing. Um, inviting everyone to come and be a part of it. Yeah, that, that's absolutely right. I, it's, 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 it's very visceral. It's very real. And I think in its simplest way to answer your question, Troy, I think what Lauren is saying, it's there. We blend, we blend live theater with film exhibition. So there's props, there's sets, there's interactive installations, there's music, there is food, there is uh, drink, all these five sensory um, installations that kind of bring you into this world. Mm. Our audience themselves as well comes in, in costume. So we have uh, trained actors who are in, in character playing various roles that are uh, all trained in improv that can, and not only the improvisational um, you know, uh, masterminds, but they also have studied the films that we exhibit through and throughout, so they know all the details. We at Barbecue Films are all about the details, and we want the audience to come in and, you know, Gabe mentioned we did Back to the Future, and, and uh, I, I played George McFly at that, and I, I, I had, like, three or four biffs over the course of the run come up to me and, like, pull my shirt up and make me reenact <laughs> that scene at the cafe where he wants his homework done, you know, and it better be done in a handwriting that looks like Biff's or else he's going to get in trouble again. And I had to make sure that I knew every detail about this scene. Um, you know, it's almost like being tested. So yeah. our, our actors are, are trained. They are, are, are great at improv, but also they need to be prepared with the knowledge of the universe to, to bring the audience themselves also into that show. Yeah. Right. So like the audience comes and is a part of that scene right off the bat and it's that kind of live theater integration with film exhibition and the set design that really puts people inside of that movie. So let me let me expand on that and give Lenny some credit for what he's brought to the crew because we can tell you the story of how this started which was on a rooftop with literally a barbecue right that was left over from the previous tenant Blues Brothers a burger and a beer right like it is 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 isn't <laughs> It was. It was. It's, it's not. It's not particularly dramatic how they started, right? And we bought a two hundred and seventy-nine dollar projector, right? It's. It's the way this started was just like, what is the best way to watch a film? And it is the layering in of the narrative of the fans that have made us think about and change this. And what what Lenny has brought in, what he just described was replication, right? which is a really important part of what we do. But the, the thing that I wanted to make sure we didn't go into the next question without expanding on, and the thing that Lenny has really made sure that we focus on, is we are not just replicating these movies. We're updating them. We're bringing them to today, right? It's, it's, it's important to really think about this not just as a, here's a story, we're going to replicate the story. It is more, here's a story, 
how do we make this story important to you right now, today? Well, and, and part of that, too, is you have to draw the audience in. I mean, I, they're willing participants. They know that they're coming to a Ghostbusters experience. Um, but, you know, they're they're interacting with actors who are in character. They're, unfortunately, people now are cynical beings. They all have smartphones. They would rather look down at their smartphones. And so how do you... How do you draw them in? I mean, you're updating this experience and you have these brilliant improv actors. You know, how are you also challenged by trying to get these people to play along and, and get them in on, okay, I, I am George McFly. I am Peter Vankman. What do you got? You know, how do you get them to participate? Yeah, so I think, well, I'm sorry, Lauren, you, you go. No, I, actually, Lenny, I was going to ask you to to briefly um, explain the story of how we updated Weekend at Bernie's. Uh, yeah. Should we get at Bernie Juniors? Yeah, for sure. I think, so what I was going to say, just, you know, we came up with this idea where as long as we play within the rules of the film that we are honoring, there's some wiggle room, right? We, 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 can, we can add elements to the story that are, are surprise to the audience. And I think that's key to any event, right? It's, it's basic kind of human physiology when something is new something is surprising to you it creates a memory and people have a great time at it i have a, a friend we have a friend uh tanya luna who's uh, a surpriseologist actually we have somebody in the the film crew who has studied the art of surprise and it's a pretty <laughs> profound effect oh, cool. on the audience yeah yeah it's, it's amazing and and it, it in events especially you know there's the familiar, there, there's that entry point right so you know the characters in ghostbusters you know what a proton pack is you know what a trap but showcasing what Ghostbusters looks like in 2016 and what that HQ would look like now in Brooklyn, this flagship location, um, still honoring the rules of the franchise, of the canon. You know, and, and when we say canon, we mean the first film, the second film, the cartoons, the video game, right? The Activision game that, that is a continuation of the plot. And you've got your B canon, like your comics and all that. I think it's important to kind of honor these things that, that people take seriously. And when Gabe said, our, we, you know, we don't take ourselves seriously, that's right. And that's not to say that we don't take the, the fandom and the love and the passion for these properties seriously, but we present our events and the storyline of these events in a way that we're like, you know what, it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek. It's like, look, we did our homework. We yeah. know everything we're going to show you tonight makes sense. And the more questions you ask, the more you dig into this storyline, the more it's going to continue to make sense. But because we thought... How can we approach this in the, from a fan? How, how can we make this kind of epic fan fiction turn real in a way, right? And I think that we've taken our approach in that. It's like, we've done the homework. We're going to present this story to you. And if you really want to dig in and you really want to learn more about it, you'll find out that, that we took it pretty seriously when on its face it may seem kind of, you know, uh, you know not too self-serious if that makes sense yeah no um, you, you want it to be fun but you don't want it to be farcical at the same time you're not you're not poking fun at it you're trying to encourage that it's yeah. it's, a, it's a fun experience absolutely right. we're we're always here to um celebrate the movies that we're doing it's never it's never poking fun it's never uh, that's that's not something that we're interested in at all yeah for sure and and, and for weekend at bernie's to just honor it like really quick we we try to imagine what Bernie would be like, this 80s yuppie. What does he look like in 2014? And we realize, oh, this is a guy that hasn't really worked hard for his money, and he's kind of just taken advantage. So maybe he's, you know, he's a startup entrepreneur that has, hasn't, hasn't worked very hard for his personal uh, work. He's kind of just fallen into some money and, and created a, 
a startup business that is kind of corrupt. Um, so we had a, we basically created this uh, fake um, uh, software that was like, was like a Venmo for bars. And it was, <laughs> uh, it was called Burn Bucks, um, which was his name. Like every, all, he's Bernie, but his friends call him Burn. So we thought it was Burn Bucks. Burn Bucks. We, we created this app for him. We actually threw this immersive um, tra- transportive, as Gabe would say, uh, uh, panel where we actually had some real startup um, uh Folks come and and, yeah. and 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 talk about their product, and at the end we had Bernie Jr., who's uh, Bernie's son, come out and and pitch this fake startup. Um, the event he was throwing to launch his startup was that he rented a house on Rockaway Beach, which we did. Barbecue Films rented a uh, we we took over a boutique hotel in Rockaway that has about twelve rooms. Oh, that's great! And, and we turned it into a big, massive house party on the beach, just like. Bernie's dad used to do in the eighties, and we was there, screamed. Was there a ferry that went to there? There was, a, there was a ferry, just like the film. We had uh, Chevrolet come on as on as a sponsor in the film. If you watch, Bernie drove a, a cherry red Porsche. Bernie drove that out to the house. He parked it out front so everyone could take photos in this like beautiful cherry red convertible con- uh, car um, in their eighties bathing suits. It was wonderful, and we we kind of you know. We threw this this party for for Bernie Jr.'s startup, and he had some bad investors who were the mob. They may have killed him at the event, unfortunately. R.I.P. Bernie. And for the rest of the party, his friends had to carry him around this this twelve uh, room boutique hotel in Rockaway Beach and pretend that he was still alive. Um, <laughs> so, and the, 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 the most okay, fun favorite, part was favorite that, moment. Just to interrupt, yeah, Lenny. Favorite yeah. moment is the New York Times trying to interview a dead. Bernie Lomax Jr., B.J. Lomax, and he would not break character <laughs> to spell his name. His real around. life name, Alex Dunbar. Life, Alex Dunbar. He would not break character. Oh, that's so dedication. Dunbar, it, was, oh. it was absolutely hilarious. And, <laughs> and at the end of the night, when Terry Kaiser was there, congratulating Terry, him on... Terry Kaiser's the actor who played Bernie, by the way. Yeah. Right. In real, yeah. Yeah, it, it, was, it, was, it was a remarkable moment. He was just like... Like, 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 like when the New York Times asks you to spell your name, you actually spell your name <laughs> unless you are a dead Bernie Lomax Jr. <laughs> which, is, which is to say, like, Gabriel and I are, we just feel so blessed to be able to provide this platform for people like Alex, people like Lenny to bring their talent and, um, and have someone from the New York Times, come and try to draw their name out of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, it's amazing. It's 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 a beautiful thing. I I don't know. I don't know that we would we would want to be doing anything else. Well, that's that's part of uh, drawing people into your your transportive uh, experiences. Look, you're a reporter for the New York Times, but no, you are at Bernie's party right now, sir. Why are you asking for details and fact checking? <laughs> and come on, live a little, pal. Grab a drink and let's go. <laughs> And, yeah, and I have to say, like, that's that's a big part of what we do too. Is that with every event, um, as Lenny talked about earlier, we just um, seem to draw in more and more people to come and help us create the next event. You know, yeah. um, every single one just brings a new a new person who's enthusiastic and wants to be a part of this 
this world and so I've got a theory about this what what Lauren is talking about right now um, and I, I'd be curious what what Lauren and and Lenny have to think about this because this is not to get cheesy on you for a little bit Troy but like this is a spiritual pursuit right yeah I mean you you, you equated it to church earlier it is it really is it's in it, like so 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 let me ask you a question are are, are you a Ghostbusters fan? I mean, I would, I'm doing a podcast. I hope I am because <laughs> otherwise, man, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> this guy used to run. This is the original <laughs> Ghostbusters HQ we're talking to. Yeah. <laughs> this original Ghostbusters HQ. And so, like, so, like, you're the original Ghostbusters HQ. We owe you a debt of gratitude for no. being the original Ghostbusters HQ, right? And and now we are a Ghostbusters HQ happening in Brooklyn, right? This this this, this, this getting some press. That's like, and and. The story that you're celebrating, the story that we're celebrating, it's the same story, right? So, like, and and and, and this is this is the Superman dilemma that I, I, I that I've come to think of, right? It's like it's like I can't fly, I can't repel bullets, and I can't punch through walls, right? But anyone can be a Ghostbuster. You looked at those guys on stage, and you were like, "I'm smart." I'm capable. I'm cool. I could be a Ghostbuster, right? Yeah, yeah. It is every man experience, and so like what I pull out of what you just said is is that maybe not quite every man, maybe not quite every woman to like to really like do a send up to the to, to, to the new film, which is an important reason why we're doing this. It's it's you know it, it's interesting. It's like it's like. If you are smart, you are dedicated, and you're an entrepreneur, you could be a Ghostbuster, right? Yeah, yeah. What you got to do is mortgage your house, buy a, <laughs> buy a farm. Buy a, your, your aunt's farm. Yeah, your aunt's farm. Everybody has three mortgages, right? Everybody has right now, right? In some way, our celebration of this film, your celebration of this film, all of what we're doing is honoring that that experience that all of us can kind of share, right? And so, like, we're going to be a Ghostbuster, just like you can be a Ghostbuster. We can all be that. Like, the fan clubs that are coming to join us from New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, and Pennsylvania, right? We can all be that because it's an everyman hero's narrative, yeah. right? Yeah, and, and it is something, and that gets back to the spirituality of it, right? And it's like, What's important to us in this in this day and age, right? And I, I mean, I, I don't know what race or creed or 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 religion you are. You know, I don't have to share my own with you, but I can share this story with you, right? I can tell you when I was a kid. I was born in '79, right? I was five years old when this movie came out, but I grew up with this movie, right? And I, so I've seen this movie dozens of times. I love this movie, right? And I love this movie not because I want to be a superhero. I love this movie because I want to be a normal dude that actually <laughs> does something heroic. Yeah, right? and, absolutely. And, I, and that is, that's a beautiful thing, right? And that's, that is 
that is sort of a spiritual journey, actually, right? And, and that's something that can bring people together, and that's a social narrative, critically, right? Yeah. Because when people come into this, into this world that we create, and why I call it transportive is not because, like, people come, they have fun, like it's Disney World and it's an entertainment, and they go home, and they go to the hotel, and they fly home, and they're like, oh, man, I'm going to work this. I, I believe, I hope everybody that we work with believes that actually what, what, what happens to people in this, in this world is that, like, they get a chance to play out a narrative that they believe in. Right? They get a chance to be that hero. They get a chance to be that devil. They get a chance to be the foot clan. They get a chance to be the shredder. They get a chance to be the like the, the to be the biff who's beating up on the George McFly. They get they get a chance to try that out and that is something that makes them better or different or thoughtful or or, or more social, right? And that's that's what we can bring into the world. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going back to Lenny's analogy of the holodeck. Uh, if you've always wanted to live out your life as Sherlock Holmes, uh, here's your chance, and you've got all of the all of the elements around you. You've got the actors, you've got the the incredibly elaborate uh, set, which I wanted to talk to you guys about too. Um, I mean, you're you're really creating this environment to encourage that, which is which is fantastic. So, but so so to that point, let's talk about the location. You don't have to divulge where the location is, obviously, but. Uh, you know, what have you done to this this place in Brooklyn in order to also sell the illusion, in order to to bring people into this this transportive spiritual experience? There had there was some press out today that showed some photos from our, our teaser video that we hope to uh, have out by the end of this week or next week that will answer some more questions about the location. Um, we can't say that the HQ does take place in 2016. Um, our audience is not time traveling. They are going to the new flagship Ghostbuster headquarters in Brooklyn um, because of that 19% interest rate that we just stated on uh, on on Ray's uh, aunt's farm. You know, it just it was a subprime mortgage. The thing ballooned. It's just too expensive. And as what happens often to Manhattanites, that actually might happen to myself in real life. Uh, my building just got bought out by a big acquisition firm. They're trying to knock it down. It's all too familiar. The, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No one can, as Gabe said earlier today, no one can afford Tribeca anymore, which is where the firehouse really is. So uh, unfortunately, it's closed down. And, and, and as most Manhattanites do, they're getting pushed out to Brooklyn. So the new flagship HQ is going to be in Brooklyn. Um, and this is actually allowing us to play into the reality of the, the I don't know if you're aware, but Ladder 8 in Tribeca is closed for renovation. There's a big, um, unfortunately, a big, uh, uh, you know, some scaffolding and some tarp out front. And you can't really see this iconic facade. And we wanted to do some shooting around it. And, and uh, we brought some Ecto-1s there. But we couldn't show this iconic facade that everyone knows and loves. So we thought, well, how can we incorporate this into a storyline? How can we create a story around it? Um, and that kind of led to us involving the New York City, New York, uh, New York City, New Jersey, Delaware, Pennsylvania, Connecticut um, fan clubs, the, the Ghostbuster clubs that actually exist and operate. Yeah. They're like, you know what, these guys are, are operating as if they're franchises of Ghostbusters. Let's write that into the story. Let's create that storyline. So, um, you know, it's, it's out today. You'll see in the, the press, but we will. Uh, Sony is, is bringing in the new Ecto-1 from the new film. But you'll see that, that Ecto-1, that new Ecto-1 next to the, the, uh, the New Jersey franchise Ecto-1. You know, we're creating this universe where there are franchises and it's growing and anybody can come be a Ghostbuster at this this flagship in, in Brooklyn. 
knowing that these are such a tricky uh, these immersive screenings, even just a public screening of a film nowadays is a very tricky thing because you have to license the print and you have to be able to license the public venue and, and all of that stuff. Um, and knowing like the secret cinema folks over in the UK have tried to bring this experience over to the United States unsuccessfully. Um, I was hoping you guys could talk a little bit about, you know, the support that you've gotten from Sony and Ghost Core. You mentioned that you've got the, the Ecto-1 from the movie uh, appearing in your Ghostbusters HQ, um, you know, how have they been involved in this process and, and sort of helped or guided the process along? So teaming up with Sony has been a fantastic experience for us. And I, and I, and I, and I gotta say, like, every single film that we do, we're in communication with the studio because we license every single film, right? Right, right. Um, and so... It's really it, the difference is how does how does that plug into something they want to promote right now, right? And how does that how does that relationship play out over something they want to celebrate in terms of fandom, right? And with something like Ghostbusters, it is just a perfect. Uh, uh, Perennial. It's a perfect moment, right? Yeah. So, like, like, I was asked recently, you know, is this the right time to do Ghostbusters in New York City? And in thinking about it, I joked earlier, like, you need to be a Ghostbusters fan to actually move to New York City. You could do Ghostbusters any time in New York City, right? But the idea of doing Ghostbusters right now right before we're about to release another movie about rebooting the franchise, about supporting the idea of preserving New York City and the scourge of ghosts. It's just, it's a wonderful moment, right? And, and so it's, it's, it's a beautiful moment to partner up, and it's, it's quite frankly something we'd love to replicate in the future, you know? It's, it's something that's a, it's, it's a little bit unique, you know, because it's celebrating... 30 years, 30 plus, 32 years of Ghostbusters fandom, right? But it's also something that celebrates something that's very, very new. And I think the critical thing about what our model is, is that we absolutely, the three people that you have in the, on, on, the Skype, on the Skype right now, right? Everybody in our crew loves to sit in a movie theater and, and just, just experience film. Right? We love traditional cinema. We also think that what we do, cinema that's transported, is something completely different and completely other than what, than what is on offer right now. And so how can we put that out in the marketplace in a way that supports traditional cinema, that supports the movie making that has been so important to the storytelling that is important to our lives up to this point, that is the question, right? Yeah. And yeah. that is something that is a beautiful thing to be part of and something that we are very thankful to Sony that they invited us into. Right. I was about to say something that it, Sony has been a fantastic partner in helping us bring that to the fans. Yeah. No, I, I just I, I couldn't speak enough about how Sony has connected us to both the creative elements of the old 
new, and the fans have celebrated it for all of the years, right? And it, it's it's a and given us support to help build out the event in a way that would make it better and more interesting for those fans. Well, and, and, and with more love, Troy, I I, I can't we we we, can't, we, just, we we can't talk enough about like the richness of this of this of this uh of this way that we've teamed up with um with Tony, you know, it's it's well it's Troy a great it's a great case study, I'd say, <laughs> for how this type of thing can be done. Yeah. I, I I have a great example for you. You know, you when you first reached out, you mentioned uh, knowing Eric Reich at Ghost Corps. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. And worked with him and those guys have been so fundamentally um, First, just amazing partners, but also integral to helping us produce the kind of event that I, I know we're going to produce in two weeks. And I, I, I can I can tell you that the the kind of watershed moment was we went to Sony, we went to the back lot, we had a bunch of meetings. We met Eric out in front of their, you know, the Ghost Corps office. I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm, I'm, maybe you've been there. The facade is the firehouse, um, and they had the two Ecto ones parked out front, both the uh, the new 2016 and the original. And it was just this, like, you want to talk about transportive. We're, we're out there having meetings <laughs> about Ghostbusters and are talking about it in front of the Ecto-1. Yeah, you're walking okay. through the firehouse doors to take your meeting. It's a little strange, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's surreal, man, and a dream come true. And, you know, I make this joke all the time, but, like, if 10-year-old Lenny saw what 32-year-old Lenny or whatever age our crew is, you know, like, whatever our young versions of ourselves would see what we're doing as adults, they'd be, I think we'd get a big thumbs up, man. Um, yeah. But, you know, Eric... You think? Re- you reach think? Out, yeah, in a well, big way. I think I think little Lenny would be just crying with uh with sheer joy. <laughs> I mean, if he saw like I spent Tuesday riding around the backseat of an Ecto one, we crossed the bridge and I like was looking out over the water and, and having this like the one of the most New York moments I've had in my life, I think, in He's the back of the Ecto one. Yeah, yeah it, it was it was epic. Um but but just to go back to Ghost Corps, I think they Eric reached out when we had just gotten back to New York and he's like, hey man, Tribeca Film Festival is having a street fair. And at the street fair, Ghostheads, this documentary about, uh, about the, the fandom, the love of Ghostbusters is premiering at Tribeca. They're doing an event. They're kind of bringing a lot of the Eastern Seaboard crews together. You should go out and meet them. Uh, I think it'd be wise for some of your crew, you know, here's who to look out for. Um, and he sent that email and it was bizarre because about an, I don't know, an hour Two hours later, uh, I I read that email on the flight. I landed in New York. I got out of Penn Station, and I turned the corner, and there was a man dressed in full Ghostbusters gear. <laughs> He's waiting for you, yeah. And I was like, what is this, man? That's so st- bizarre. And I went up to him. He was, you know, he looked tired. He was on, on his way into Penn Station, clearly going home. And I stopped him. I was like, hey, man, I just got to know, you know, where'd you come from? Turns out he's one of the members of New York City Ghostbusters. He was at an event nearby as they were releasing this new pinball machine uh, yeah, you know that like yeah. Hudson was for and they were having an event there and he's like hey man you you, you got to come meet us all we're going to be at tribeca tomorrow uh we'll all be there so i was like this is amazing this is fate i'm, I'm going to be there i'll meet all you guys and going that next day um kind of was a big moment for the crew because i we I, we made the relationships, and, and later on that week, we kind of had this, uh, we joke around, it was like the meeting of the five families. It felt like a mob meeting. We were in the basement <laughs> of a bar, and it was the heads of Connecticut, New York, New Jersey, um, in this bar, and we were talking about the love for this movie and how can we, can we work together. 
you know, they were explaining their uniforms and how like the standard no ghost patch goes on your right, but on the left is your individual insignia per your your club. It brought this level of authenticity to the event. Um, if we're trying to celebrate 32 years of Ghostbusters history and 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 produce this kind of immersive experience, working alongside the Ghost Corps, or working alongside the fans, and and linking the universe together, right? So having you know, honoring the new film with the old and 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 the sequels and the 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 cartoons, kind of being working with Sony to have be lucky enough, quite frankly, to have our event be this kind of linchpin and yeah. and 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 bring that showcase this ultimate love for this film and this universe and what it means to so many people and get people excited for this new film that comes out that is in that spirit is an important task and you know Sony really empowered us to do that and we feel very lucky. Frankly, that's um, great. It's, it's very exciting. And and so, Gabe, going, I just latched onto something that you said a little bit ago that this is a repeatable experience because um, it's it's only three nights. It's a very limited engagement. Um, is this something that you can do again in the future? Can you extend the run? Uh, I'm asking this because I can't get from LA to New York in time to see one of your shows. Also, we should let people know if tickets are still available because uh, if you're on the uh, the East Coast and you can get to New York to see this, this is like a, a can't-miss scenario. We are extending to Saturday. Oh, you are? Oh, fantastic. We are doing a family night. Family uh, afternoon. Let's, let's, let's call it a family afternoon, right? It's a matinee. 1 o'clock to 5 o'clock. We are doing a 7 p.m. Saturday show. If you would be able to come on the Saturday show, you would be a guest of honor. Uh, oh, and geez. Thank you. We would love to host you. Um, and uh, and you would see uh, not only our climax of our four-day run now, but also probably load out. <laughs> 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 yeah. Here, here's our landlord kicking us out because our four-day lease is up. Yeah, but but uh, you know, it, it's a funny question that you ask, and it's one that we puzzled with a little bit. Is is do we do these again? Right, and and uh, because these- barbecue, barbecue films is a New York-based organization, Ghostbusters is a New York film, but. Certainly, the spirit of being a Ghostbuster extends beyond this, right? There, there would be plenty of cities that would love to. So let me host. let let me tell you one of the most important moments of my time in barbecue that Lauren is 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 like is teeing up with it that with that comment, right, Lenny? Alex Dunbar, our Bernie Lomax Jr. repertory actor, and myself are all sitting in a drive-time radio shock jock DJ type environment in a radio show. It's just for Bernie? For Bernie. We give an interview. Alex gives it in character. Lenny and I are straight men. Radio goes off. Shock jock turns back into a normal dude. And he looks at us and he says, You know what? I, um, I grew up in South Dakota and I would drive to North Dakota to hang out with my friends and we would do movie nights with our friends where we would dress up. We do these like themed parties 
that you guys are doing. And so the thing that allowed me to actually grow up in rural America and be connected to other people in another state and in the big cities, you are doing with your art, right? And so when you ask, oh, yeah, is this going to extend for another couple of nights? It's going to be... What we are thinking about, what we are trying to do, how do you bring this to South Dakota and North Dakota, right? Because Ghostbusters fandom is not, is not located in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, and Delaware, right? It is not located yeah. in Queens, New York, where we're standing right now. It is not located where you are sitting right now. It is located everywhere. Right? These stories that make us who we are, this, this, if you believe the spirituality element that I'm talking to you about, if you believe the stories that, like, 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 and, and like, even if you don't believe the spirituality element that I'm talking about, if you believe just this, like, fandom thing that, like, there's an everyman element to some of these hero narratives, then we need to bring this to other cities in America. We need to do yeah. this other and, and yes, Secret Cinema is the 500-pound gorilla in this space. And we have deep respect for what they've done. But Secret Cinema and Barbecue Films, even if we joined forces, could not meet the need of what we are trying to serve in the marketplace of actually enjoying and celebrating these narratives. Right? Yeah. We yeah. a community of immersive cinema. We need a community of transportive cinema to actually be activated across all of the cities in America. And I would hope, I dream that we can meet part of that need. But I do not purport to suggest that we would meet all of that need. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Tough, tough to make it a big traveling roadshow. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Right, but it is can... just a thing that we can do in a couple of cities. And I, I would invite anybody that is listening to your podcast right now that wants to make something awesome happen in their town, make it happen and make it happen now because the time is now for immersive cinema. And if anyone wants yeah. to do a um, drive through a mall in Chicago for Blue's <laughs> let yeah. us know. <laughs> uh, yeah, let all of us know. That sounds like a lot of fun, too. Uh, new Oldsmobiles are in. Um <laughs> Well, so uh, so yeah, so tickets are still available at the time of recording for those that that now four nights, uh, right, guys? Uh, that they can go to barbecuefilms.com and sign up. Sold out though, so uh, Friday sold out. Yeah, and all of the VIP tickets are sold out as well. Yes, except for no, Saturday. Saturday might still be available, right? Oh, uh, sure. yeah, I, I yeah. As of current recording, all VIPs are sold out, okay. and Friday is sold out, and I believe Wednesday is sold out. Saturday and Thursday are still available, and we welcome you. And if you have any trouble getting tickets, email us. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, th thanks, guys. I really appreciate the invite. And for everybody listening, please, 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 if you have the means, I highly recommend it. Barbecuefilms.com. you got to sign up and get those tickets. Um, 
Lenny, Gabe, Lauren, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate you guys taking time. I know that you're burning the midnight oil and, and spending an hour with me is probably the last thing that you wanted to be <laughs> doing at midnight. But uh, really, really appreciate you guys taking the time and uh, look forward. Maybe let's talk, you know, after after all is said and done and we can sort of uh, talk a little behind the scenes and talk about some of the surprises that people saw. Got him in. Thanks. Hello guys, this is Adam from Ghostbusters North and curator of the Ghostbusters Summer Scavenger Hunt. Just calling in to complete Challenge 48. How is Elvis and have you seen him lately? Enjoy the show. Take care. Well, it's about that time for us to wrap things up, Chris. Uh, two plus hours into uh, another, another <laughs> lengthy show here, but uh, but I, I do want to show. We have a couple of shout outs that the uh, the kind folks out there have have submitted to us. And if you guys have, if your franchise is attending an event, or if you guys are doing a charity event, or anything that you need us to help boost the signal for, please, 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 drop us an email, drop us a tweet, drop us a Facebook message, call into that voicemail. But uh, the Charm City Ghostbusters sent us a little bit of something that's coming up here soon, so we wanted to get the word out to everybody. Friday, this coming Friday, June 10th, they're having an 80s night, and it's at the Washington Nationals baseball game. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen, but the Milwaukee Brewers did something similar too. But uh, Grant, who is with the Charm City guys, sends in this uh, message to us saying, we are participating at the Washington Nationals 80s night game coming up in about two weeks. He sent this a while ago it's coming up this week guys um and you know they are doing an appearance as the charm city ghostbusters they're taking photos they're giving out a fanny pack i don't know if it's ghostbusters themed or not but that's pretty 80s guys fanny pack for everybody that walks through the turnstile so uh go check that out you need to go to nationals.com to buy your tickets it's friday june 10th uh, and that's the washington nationals baseball game uh, we also were uh, contacted by Adam Nori, friend of the podcast, a uh, longtime friend uh, for Ghost Heads out there. We've seen him a long, long time running here, but he's doing a bit of a scavenger hunt uh, for people leading up to the, the July 15th release of the film, a little bit of uh, community gathering, a little bit of, of team building, if you will. Uh, but if you go to gbhunt.whoyougonnacollect.com, that's the website. Again, gbhunt.whoyougonnacollect.com. That's where you can pick up the scavenger hunt list and you can try to check off all the boxes. Uh, Chris, I think we should we should do something. We should add something. Can we do that by proxy? Like, will Adam be totally pissed off if we add another thing to the scavenger hunt list? Given that his list started with like a dozen a couple of days ago and now it's up to like... There's a lot. There are a lot of things for people to go out there and do. I mean, and, and ranging from, you know, going out and taking a picture and, and doing the video, doing things. It's, it's one of those kind of scavenger hunts. But um, let's have people call into our voicemail. Like, let's make, if you get on the interdimensional cross rip, can that be a scavenger hunt? Like, that, if, Yeah, that's that's totally a way Like, if, if you call into our voicemail and you say, uh, you know, introduce yourself, say who you are, where you're calling in from, and then say, hey, I made it. I'm on the interdimensional cross rip. Actually, no. I'm going to stop you right there. Oh, yeah. Adam's right been here? giving them names. Oh, okay. And so we need a name, and I think it'll I think it'll tie in nicely into for people calling in what they need to do. So ours should be called because it's us. We're on a podcast. We're talking yeah. into mics. Yeah. So we'll we'll take Larry King, uh, King or uh, Joe Franklin, and I think what we should do is um, yeah, let's go Joe Franklin. How is Elvis? And have you seen him lately? There you go. If so you call, call in your voicemail, and we play your. Well, well, yeah. Just if call we in and say, 
have you seen Elvis? Or uh, how is Elvis? And have you seen him lately? But with with your name and where you're calling from. Yeah, but you and, do that too. And then do the yeah, exactly. Because we, we want to know who you are before we play you on the Don't air. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go, 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 go stoppers. I'm sorry, we'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at 470-242-4742. That's 4702-GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page. You do? And Twitter accounts. Print is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroads. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. I just want to get back close again. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professional. Once again, our call in line is 4702 GBHQIC. That'll do it. Thanks very much, Ray. Chris, do you have any final thoughts to our, our lengthy marathon podcast for this week? Thoughts on the podcast? No. Or, but, or just in general? Well, I w- I'll give a quick shout out to... <laughs> it might be because I'm caffeinated, but I made notes this time. Yeah. And by notes, notes I mean I filled a notebook. That's okay, right? <laughs> Everybody settle in. Um, I made a note of Greg Scott. Uh, Greg posted on Twitter. Uh, he's, he's pretty excited. He made himself... Uh, um, I'm I'm an East Coast Canadian wasp, so I didn't realize there were alternate names for uh, a yarmulke, the 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 head covering that oh, Jewish, Jewish. I, I didn't uh, realize men. that there were either. A kippa. It's called a kippa. kippa. Oh, okay. We're, we're right. familiar with yarmulke, but it, it's basically yeah. just called a kippa. And he made himself one with the Ghostbusters logo. He hand painted the Ghostbusters logo on it. Like uh, <laughs> that's. Hardcore. That's that, that's both gonna, hardcore, but also isn't that a little blasphemous? <laughs> no. <laughs> like, okay. Well, what I I'm about I to have say seen might, because with like baseball teams and stuff. Yeah, on yeah. What I'm about to say might be slightly uh, blasphemous, but I've always regarded yamaka as kind of like the religious equivalent of the nurses being able to wear the wacky scrubs. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's true. Yeah, not just blue. I don't want blue. I want it with rainbows or cats <laughs> or whatever. Because who, you're gonna get a blood on it. Who cares? It, I mean, you're going to synagogue. Actually, I kind of like it because it's supposed to be you covering your head uh, in the presence of God. I kind of dig the idea of God looking down and going, "Hey, who are you gonna call?" <laughs> right? Uh, and actually, it's a nice nod because back before he died, there was an article with Harold was it an article or was it just a picture I think it was a picture accompanying an article of Harold Ramis and he's sitting in a film like a, a, a screening theater and he's wearing a kippa with the oh, Ghostbusters right. 2 logo on it that's right I remember that yeah so I was kind of like I don't know if Greg knows it but that was uh, it kind of is a nice little nod back I'm like eh. yeah good little nod I remember that photo series that's the one where he's like behind the deli counter with the uh, the, the Windex and a rag yeah. right like yeah <laughs> which is doubly funny because yes that's where his his heritage and his roots are but by that point he was pretty full on uh, Buddhist, Buddhist as well yeah so exactly it's, <laughs> so let's uh, put it this way it can't be blasphemous if the guy who switched to Buddhism is uh, still like uh you know, shout out to the to the to the motherland. Yeah, he's totally <laughs> painting, fine. With it. Painting his uh, pop culture brand onto it. Yeah, I just thought it was very cool. It's a, it's it's white and you know with the logo, it stands out really cool. Oh, very cool. All right, well check that out. It's on the Proton Charging Facebook for people that haven't seen it. I don't think I pasted it over there. I will prior put to this it, going yeah, live. We'll, we'll I'll put, put it up it on the show there. notes here. Yeah, yeah. but. Uh, 
All right. Well, uh, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. Uh, another long episode. Uh, our thanks again to the Barbecue Films guys, and best of luck to them in their run this week. Uh, again, tickets available, barbecuefilms.com. Go check it out. Uh, wish that I could go there, so please go check it out on my behalf. I'll live vicariously through you. And, uh, yeah, guys, I mean... Good Girls available now. Go pick that up. All sorts of cool Ghostbusters stuff coming our way on Wednesday. It's a good time to be alive, everybody. It's a good time to be alive. Dance so, party uh, starts now. Dance party starts right now. And until we get back uh, next week, we'll see you on the other side. Who you gonna call? Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional CrossRip. Visit us at ProtonCharging.com, GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlayingWithToys.net. They used to be one of my two you're kidding me. Oh, great. What was the other one? Bassmaster. Everything you're doing is bad. I want you to know this. Next week, though, hairless pets. Weird.